Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thursday, April 14, being heard into Sydney on 1539am on the radio dial in Melbourne on 1593. The SEN radio app's probably the best way to listen wherever you are, going for a walk, going to work, just drop it into the uh, car radio system and away you go. Uh, we've got plenty to get through today, uh, being a long weekend of racing and, of course, big racing tomorrow in Victoria at sale with the Country Discovery, a $500,000 race. We're going to talk about that race through the program. Lindsay Smith, in about half an hour, has one of the key favourites. Uh, we'll also look towards Sydney. We'll look towards Brisbane. A little bit later in the morning, James Cummings will join us from Godolphin uh, in about 90 minutes from now. Will there be any news around Animo? Will there be any news around any other horse that we've seen through the spring? James will talk about that and also their weekend runners. Today, uh, we've got plenty going on. Two meetings in Queensland, Toowoomba and Townsville. In the top end, we've got racing at Darwin today. Uh, Pakenham tonight is the lone Victorian program. And we've got two meetings in New South Wales. Down on the border, Victoria and New South Wales at Albury. And at Wyong... Well, they've received 17 mil of rain in the last 24 hours. It's been rated a heavy 10 this morning. There's a heavy section in the 1,350-metre chute, and there'll be a further inspection to take place in about 30 minutes from now. The worst of the weather has certainly gone through. There are little specks on the radar, uh, but nothing too significant after the overnight rain. So let's hope there's no issue with Wyong. We'll keep an eye on the stewards following that. Aubrey, we start on a soft five with soft uh, with um, a soft five track. So that brings you the latest around that. As I say, with Wyong, we'll uh, we'll talk about it as the updates come through from the stewards. But it looks okay given that the worst of the weather has gone. So for mine, there's one interesting runner to start the program this morning, and that's Dark Destroyer, who's lining up at Eagle Farm on the weekend for our good friend Lance O'Sullivan in New Zealand. Welcome, Lance. Yeah, good morning, Andrew. How you been over there? Oh, we're well. I tell you, we've had a bit of rain here of late, which uh, we we actually needed. But um, no, it start, started to get a little bit cool, so hence why we're looking to take a horse over your way, <laughs> over over into the warmer warmer climate. Well, I wouldn't say go to Sydney because there's rain there. Uh, let's hope the weekend's not too bad. But Brisbane looking okay, and that's where you've taken this horse, Dark Destroyer. Off the last couple of runs, he looks a nice progressive type. Yeah, that's pretty much what he is, Andrew. He's not a he's not a flashy sort of a horse, but uh, he's a real tradesman type. And um, David Archie's had a lot of luck over the years mm. with racing the Bostonia, King Mufasa, and uh, Sir Charles Road. He once again he's in the ownership. Well, he actually owns this horse uh, on his own accord, and a very lucky owner. And I know he uh, he holidays over there each winter, and was very keen to get uh, one of his runners over there. But in saying that, Andrew, he certainly deserves to be there. He's had a bit of a let-up since his last run, so uh, he's certainly going there with pretty fresh legs. Uh, that Auckland Guineas win, I watched it again overnight. Um, I, look, you'll know better than I. It seemed to be I, I knew a few of the horses in the race. So did you rate that win nicely? Yeah, I, I think so. Look, look, it probably wasn't the, the um, strongest Auckland Guineas field, but he's certainly, um, you know, he's shown in, in his last two, two runs he really chases well, and he does find the line, and uh, that's one very good characteristic of the horse. You know, he wants to win, um, but look, all like you know, and, and he, he sort of the, the horse in front. You know, he, he got a pretty cheap 
sectionals during the run, and so it was a pretty good effort to pick him up. Uh, so how long has he been in Queensland? Uh, look, he's probably been there about 12 days now, uh, 12 days, give or take a day or two, but um, he's settled in well. All the reports are, are very positive at this stage, and um, you know, so no reason why he shouldn't acquit himself well. Is he a type that can handle any track condition? I, I know that Saturday is at Eagle Farm, and they've done a lot of work to try and take the real firmness out of it, and it seems to be that they are getting on the on the better side of that. But can he cope with a firm track? Ah, uh, look, look, he, he certainly does love giving the ground. He's shown in the past uh, he raced on a very, very wet track on one occasion, and that was probably just about his career best performance. But uh, look, he can cope cope with it while it's firm. Just how many while it's firm, I'm not too sure. But he's he's certainly not a a big heavy type of horse. He's probably about 480 odd kilos. So um, you know, certainly uh, when the tracks do get a bit firm, he's certainly going to cope with a couple of runs anyway. And is he just um, a nice horse to work with, uh, you know, and, and I guess the answer is yes to that, given that you've sent him. Yeah, look, Andrew's a very straightforward horse. He's, he's, um, as far as how to ride him and how is he tractable in a race, with all his work, he certainly is. He's, um, he's just a real tradesman type of horse. And, um, you know, going, you know, we're kicking him off at a shorter distance and hopefully uh, as his campaign progresses, if he's going well enough, he'll certainly look to run a bit further. Okay, so it's 1,400 metres and drawing inside. So Samantha Collett would know the horse a little bit, uh, of course, coming from New Zealand. Just in regard to that last answer, uh, Lance, in regard to the distance, uh, if he races well, is there a thought of the derby or not? Well, that's, that's a bit, look, look um, the horse's owner, owner, David Archie, likes to, to enter his horses pretty much for, you know, you know, whenever there's early nominations, he likes them entered. So... Uh, you know, any, anything is a possibility. He'll just tell us as, as, his, uh, as he progresses through his campaign. We'd like to see him run well this, this weekend, Andrew. There's no doubt when we take a horse away, you travel to Australia, you'd like to see them perform well first. Because generally, if they don't, uh, not many of them improve. So, you know, if he ran well here, I think the plan was then to possibly run a fortnight later in the, in the mile three-year-old mile and uh, then just take it from there. But he'll certainly be entered for those races and uh, we'll just see how it goes. And uh, one final thing on him, uh, just as a racehorse from Barrier 1 on Saturday at 1,400, are you comfortable with that or does Sam just need to be aware that he does like to get out and chase? Oh, look, I, I, I think, you know, um, we're, we're comfortable. We'd, we'd certainly rather draw there than the outside. Um, in saying that, you know, we, we're sort of going to go out there uh, on Saturday, you know, it's his first one for a little while and uh, there's no doubt whatever he does, there will be a little bit of improvement in his performance, you would think. But, uh, you know, he's the sort of horse he could trail, he could be three back. You know, he's, we'll just go there with the idea of riding him where he's happy. Yeah. It sounds like he's got a bit of fitness on his side. You've done his work and you just want a nice run now. Absolutely. That's pretty much sums it up, Andrew. That's Dark Destroyer lining up at Eagle Farm. Uh, are there going to be others that will follow him, Lance? Look, Andrew, we did, Andrew and I, Andrew Scott, my training partner, and I had plans to bring two others over, but uh, those plans uh, haven't come to uh, fruition, so at this stage, he is only the, the, the one horse here. You're going to have to make your way over, though, at some stage, mate. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, good to talk to you, Lance. Uh, he's an interesting horse coming in from New Zealand early. There looks to be a little pace in this race with green belt and those drawing out wide. So it'll be interesting just to see him in the daybreak, lover. Uh, thanks for your time and keep yourself well. And I know 
It's a big day for New Zealand uh, with that new harness race tonight, Lance. Uh, nearly a million dollar race there at Cambridge. I hope it's getting good positive you know, reaction over in New Zealand. Yeah, I, th- I think it is. I'm, I'm not a real follower of the harness side of it, but um, certainly I'm actually standing in Cambridge now as we speak and the weather here is beautiful, so they're going to be in for a, a lovely evening. So uh, fingers crossed for them, it all goes well. Good on you. Thanks a lot, Lance. Good luck on Saturday. Champion. Thank you, Andrew. Good on you, mate. Lance O'Sullivan and Andrew Scott, uh, the partnership trainers of Dark Destroyer, lining up in the Daybreak Lover there on Saturday. On that harness race, it's a $900,000 slot race. It's like the Everest and they're launching it tonight at Cambridge. We're going to talk to Mick Guren over in New Zealand in about 10 minutes or so to give you the late mail on that and SENZ, the sports entertainment group, have got a runner tonight in that uh, $900,000 race called Self Assured. So Mick Guren in about 10 minutes. Gee, it's a New Zealand flavour in some way. Lance O'Sullivan, Trent Bussenden, good morning. Morning, Andrew. How are you, mate? Are you still still an NZ, or are you looming quick to an Auss- Aussie citizenship? Uh, no, definitely firmly entrenched here in Australia. I'd rather the Australian prize money and the <laughs> Australian dollar anyway. Yeah, no, it's going a little bit better. Uh, how's the stable ticking over, mate? Did you get my text this morning about Ramwick? Yeah, obviously, uh, we've sort of we've got Sierra Sue heading up there for the All-A's and and hoping for an improving track, but it's, uh, I guess we're not the only ones, but it doesn't look like it's uh, it's going to come about, but is what it is. I haven't mentioned it this morning. I, I was all over Wyong. So Ramwick has received 10.4 mil of rain in the, the shower activity through the night. Now, the forecast is very good between now and Saturday. So from a heavy nine right now with a peno of 6.09, it can only improve is what we're hearing. So... That's the key, I guess. You just want to dry the better for Sierra Sue? Yeah, she'll get through rain-affected, but shes I think it was a Golden Eagle. It was a pretty wet track up there where she sort of come through on the inside and then got bogged down a bit. So, yeah, I mean, if, if it got back to a seven, that would be fantastic, but it's out of our hands. So we'll see. She's, she's obviously gone very well. We sort of conclusively, that, that All-Star Mile certainly told us she, she didn't see out a strong 1,600. She sort of followed through... Uh, thunderstruck and I thought she's going to run third or fourth and then she um she sort of just leveled out that last hundred and and ran well but definitely she won't step out towards that mile again so the all age is always going to be a nice race for her and her work on Tuesday uh, you told me on that morning via text that everything went to plan there she's in good shape yeah very, yeah very very happy with her can't fault her sort of she, she'll uh, she'll run very very well a couple of others just on Saturday at Caulfield, Trent. I won't go through them all, but uh, this last race, the Robert Taranto, there's a few there that could go to Adelaide for the Oaks. What are you thinking with particularly Glint of Hope? That, that's exactly our plan. Sort of, it's been the plan since uh, since she's came back in. Um, there was a Phillies race over there, over 1,800 last, last week, but I didn't want to have two trips to Adelaide, and I just wanted to keep her at home as close as possible, so elected to give her another run over a mile and we'll go and well then head over to the South Australian Oaks. And how forward is Inverloch for the Victoria handicap? No, he'll certainly need to run 1,400, well short of his best. Um, he's getting on in age now and we've sort of we've purposely let him out for a long break waiting for the wet tracks of winter. winter I'd say he's got one more winter campaign in him. Um, so we'll, we'll uh, he'll He'll certainly need the run, and, and there's a nice 1700 metre race from at Warrnambool a couple of weeks later, which would be ideal for it. But he'll uh, he'll uh, 
I don't rate him. You know, he's not a realistic chance. And said they wouldn't suggest. Duke of Bedford, was there anything that came out of the uh, last run going towards Sale tomorrow? I oh, just got it all upside down. He sort of we were jumping him up and trip quickly. He he ended up and he sat three deep and then he got over racing and sort of was all over the show. He just he ran his race before they got to the six hundred. So. Um, just uh, he's certainly capable of running a much improved race, but he'd obviously want it. He'd want to, yeah, in that fourth race tomorrow. Good Friday racing at sale. Uh, the Victoria meeting today, traders at uh, Pakenham tonight. Uh, first race at a quarter to six local time. Um, a couple of even chances. Can I be kind in saying that, Mickle White and, and Nana Jean in those first couple of races? Exactly that. That's, that has been kind. There's sort of Mickle White. He was very disappointing last start. Uh, he's basically racing to, you know, if he doesn't step up today, he uh, the owners will be looking at options. And, and Nana Jen, she's, um, she's obviously a half to bow and declare and she probably shows more so if she wants a shorter trip. She's won a race, but again, she's got to tell us that she's worth persevering with or whether she's looking for the, the stud career. So you're exactly spot on there, the even chances. The last race, though, American actress uh, coming through an, a nice Kilmore win. Now you've gone up a little bit in class here, but looks like there's a bit of upside. Yeah, I think so. She's going to be a filly that wants to get over a bit further, so jumping up over a mile or suit. Um, we probably rode her a bit closer than we would have liked to at Kilmore. She sort of sat right on the speed where she wasn't comfortable, but she's a dollar twenty-five favourite, so um, big check like Packenham. She'll just be ridden a bit more in her comfort zone, sort of relax a bit more and I think she, she can go very close. It's it's not an outs- it, it's up in class but it's yeah. not an outstanding field to see the see the favourites only one a maiden so yep. if she can get some of it and so can the other horse. He he pulled up with an issue out of last race but he's um if he gets back to the form before that Semper Fortis he, he can figure in the finish as well. All right, well, that's encouraging. I was just going to ask you what happened out of the Valley run but you've explained that because two runs ago the horse showed enough there at that Valley win. Yeah, again, like I said, sort of the the, the favourites are made, and so it's in, it's uh, the same category as both these horses. And yeah, I think both of them will, will be thereabouts. All right, lots of runners across the weekend. Don't eat too many Easter eggs, mate. Uh, we had uh, one of our uh, workers here strolled in this morning and uh, gave us a couple of Easter eggs, and I thought, oh no, I don't want to be eating too many. I I ate a couple <laughs> last night, and I thought, no, I shouldn't be. You've just got to be careful. I think me and you are past being careful in that regard, so you might as well get a couple to your throat. All right, well, I'll take an ad break then and I'll have one. Uh, Trent, uh, good luck. Uh, Have a safe Easter. Cheers, Andrew. Thanks, mate. Good on you. Trent Bussett and Natalie Young with their runners over the weekend and a few key chances. Let's take a break. We'll talk about this new harness race in New Zealand. It's on tonight at Cambridge. A distinct New Zealand theme for the first 30 minutes this morning. Lance O'Sullivan, Trent Bussenden, and now we're talking about New Zealand harness racing. Uh, Tonight at 6.55 Australian Eastern Time, it'll be the inaugural running of a brand new harness race in New Zealand simply called The Race. It's stake prize money of 900000 and let's go to the very best over in New Zealand uh, with Harness Racing, Mick Guren. Welcome, Mick, and this must be thrilling, the countdown to tonight. I think it's great for Australasian Harness Racing as I join you, Andrew. Good morning to all your listeners. Because $900,000 races are an awfully big deal in Harness Racing. We only have one worth more. That's the miracle mile of a million. This race will move to a million dollars next season and a million one the year after. It's obviously the last of the three codes to get to a slot race because obviously the gallop started it and the, the greyhounds have joined in. 
But most importantly, for people listening to this show, they probably wouldn't care so much if it was nine New Zealand horses going head-to-head. What we do have is trans-Tasman breed, five Kiwi, four Australians. The Australians in the hands of those brash, young, confident mm-hmm. New South Welshmen like Jack Kelly and Jason Grimson and Cameron Hart and Jack Trainer. And that's the dawn of a new era because not only will Australia get its own slot race inside two years, which I think would be worth $2 million, but this is the restart of trans-Tasman harness racing going head-to-head. We saw a bit of a Queensland last year, but this is the first time for huge money. And that's really important, Hoss, because harness racing can't battle the gallops when it's just harness racing state-by-state or Mm. or inside Australia. It's not strong enough. The gallops are way, way too powerful, have too much market year coverage. But harness racing's best version in the 30 years I've been involved has been when the Australians versus the Kiwis. That goes back to pop their arm and gamma light against armor light and Bonnie's chance back in the early 80s. Goes through horses like Golden Rames as master musician and Blossom Lady. And goes through horses, you know, like Lazarus taking on Chicago Bull and Tiger Tara. So we resume those battles tonight. And I think it's, it's just getting to the back end of COVID. Australians are allowed into New Zealand now without quarantine for the first time in a couple of years. So we're on, Hoss, it's going to be a lot of fun, just before 7 o'clock, as you said, and that different form lines, or those different form lines, have created some doubt. Often in harness racing, we know who's lead, and we know who's going to trail. Pretty much, I think we know what's going to go on. Andrew, I've looked at this race a hundred times in the last five days. I've got no idea what's going to happen, and that excites me. Well, it should too. Now, the Sports Entertainment Network, of which uh, SENZ in New Zealand is a big portion of that, we've got self-assured here for Mark Purden and Jean Feast. Uh, I don't know whether Jean, I hope she's made the trip over, but what a thrilling thing for us to be a part of. It's wonderful. Yep, Jean is there. Jean, who has many horses racing New Zealand, flew into Auckland today. Auckland's about an hour and a half north of Cambridge. It's wonderful. And, and good on Craig Hutchison, you know, the boss of ET. He put his money up before most other people did. He was one of the first slot holders to go and say, hey, I'll, I'll do this. And then he had to go out and find a horse. And he found a horse which represents SEN and SENZ very well because it's a horse trained in New Zealand who's raced a lot in Australia, owned by an Australian but bred in New Zealand. That real trans-Tasman thing which SEN and SENZ have become. Now, he would have preferred to not get barrier eight. That's the outside of the front line at Cambridge, but it's actually been the making of the race. It's made it more interesting because if he he drew barrier three, he would have run to the front and won. As it is now, he might have to come from last, and they don't often do that at Cambridge. So it's made for a hell of a Very exciting. And yes, SEN still has the favourite, but... Um, he could have been a dollar fifty, as you were about to say. He's now two dollars forty or fifty. Yeah, he's two dollars seventy right now at uh, our sponsor. Is he right? really? Yeah, two seventy at Bet three six five right now. Uh, sounds like you'll be what? interested as soon as we finish here. What about Spankham at four dollars, who's drawn Gate Three, uh, and also South Coast Arden, who's drawn Inside Self Assured at four eighty. They're the ones that are in the market here. What's your overview of the race and who our listeners should be following? I think Selfish Wood's top tip because he's had a respiratory problem on and off this campaign, but they're on top of that. So I think we'll see the best version of him. The best version of him is on an Auckland Cup and a New Zealand Cup. So he's the serious. Spankham I don't like. I went in through on Monday morning and he looked fantastic, but he's just only had one start in nine months. So I, I don't think he heads forward. Some speed maps have him landing in front. I don't have him there at all. 
So he's a no for me. The $4 should be $8 for him. South Coast Arvin can win, but he's had seven wins in the last 12 months. Six of those when he led. If he leads, he can win. If he doesn't lead, Andrew, mm. he almost certainly can't. The best bet in the race outside that 2.7 for self-assured, and that 2.7 will not last. That will change dramatically as we get closer to the race. Um, the other best bet's Ultra Orlando, the 10-year-old veteran who eight years ago won a major two-year-old race in Australia. He's returning home, the prodigal son. And I think he's the first leader. I think he gets to the marker picks, he leads, and then he has options of who to hand up to. That makes him an outstanding place bet. The New Zealand TAB has him 2.7 a place, Andrew. Well, I'm going to lap that up all day. So uh, it's going to be a thrilling race. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, 2,200 metres around Cambridge. They will absolutely power down. They've relayed the track this week, so it's awfully fast. It's a wonderful day here in Cambridge, which is, of course, one of the centres of the thoroughbred industry in Australasia. Um, they're going to have a big crowd there, Andrew, because the restrictions on crowds were lifted last night mm. by the new governments. They can have crowds there. Everything has fallen into place for the first running of the race, and without trying to overstate it, um, this is the start of a new thing for harness racing, and, and I think something which will encapsulate the public's interest as it did on a far bigger scale with the Everest in Sydney. Alter Orlando right now at Bet365, $10 and two sixty the play. So it's 6.55 Australian Eastern Time, uh, race seven at Cambridge. Make sure you're all over it. SEN will be cheering home, self-assured, who is the favourite, but we'll have something on Alter Orlando as well. Uh, good luck to the harness industry Thank over there, Mick. Sorry, keep going. So, mate, just, just for the SEN listeners, if you're on the app, SENZ will have coverage Myself and Louis Herman what from the track for three hours. We're going to, oh, no, sorry, my apologies, two and a half hours. Yep. We're going to be there from 5 p.m. Australian time. So 5 p.m. If you're watching on television and Sky obviously bounces from one channel or one race to another, you can listen in to Cambridge on the SEN app yep. and catch all the information. We'll be talking to Mark Purden and Brent Mangos and Gene Feast and all these people and bringing you the up-to-date information from the track. So that's available on the SEN app. If you haven't downloaded it so far, make sure you don't miss anything about the rest. Yeah, I can see it there right now. SENZ and uh, Ian Smith's on air over there uh, right now, so you can easily do that on the SEN radio app. Uh, good luck tonight, Mick. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for the time, Andrew. Mick Guren joining us around the $900,000 The Race. It's on Harness Racing Cambridge tonight, and uh, we'll have it covered through the app on SENZ. Jump outs this morning at Flemington in Melbourne uh, for horses going towards their next races. One of those was the Astrologist. It went around in the first jump out this morning uh, with trekking and a couple of other notables, uh, including not an option who won the Hariba. The Astrologist uh, sat off them, uh, finished comfortably in second spot behind trekking. It'll go to the Voba Sprint at 1,200 metres at Caulfield on Saturday week. Uh, not an option is going to uh, the Ballaspree on the same day, the listed Ballaspree after its jump out this morning. And we'll talk to James Cummings a little while later just to see where trekking's going. Showed a bit of dash this morning, trekking to uh, win that jump out. Let's talk about tomorrow. We'll be on air on SEN track uh, in uh, Victoria and also on 11.16 SEN in Melbourne and around the SEN radio app from 9 o'clock Eastern tomorrow morning. All around the Good Friday appeal, we'll have a big focus on the Greyhounds and also 
the Country Discovery Day, the inaugural day of country racing on Good Friday at Sale. And uh, taking your horse there is Lindsay Smith in the boat. Uh, welcome, Lindsay. Morning, mate. How are you? I'm going all right. Uh, gee, it's good, healthy prize money. And I know it's a fair way from Warrnambool to Sale, but with a horse like this, you've just got to go. Yeah, that's about as simple as it gets. Um, and he's a, a dry tracker, so it looks like everything's going to fall his way. Um, yeah, so while it's still dry, dry tracks, he'll keep racing, and as soon as it gets turns wet, we'll uh, put him in the paddock. So he could be in the paddock for a long time. So, yeah, we just manage him. He lives in the paddock uh, during the day. So, uh, yeah, we keep him up in about uh, little short little spells. But, no, he's in good order. I will say he's had racing sort of right through the summer months, but he seems to be handling it so well, Lindsay. Yeah, no, no. He's, uh, as I said, he's got a good lifestyle, so uh, he enjoys it, and you can switch him off and on. So it's uh, he's quite easy to train. He doesn't get uh, fizzed up or anything. He relaxes good after his run, so recovery is good. So, yeah, he's always uh, in a position to bounce back. One turn from the 1,100-metre start at sale. So this draw, I don't know whether it'll end up awkward or not because he is a horse that does like leading, doesn't he? Yeah, he's always um, half a kick off the, out of the gates too. So he's a little bit slow to uh, get his momentum. So maybe that is a better spot for him. But um, the part owner's uh, Dean Lester and he's uh, quite confident it won't really be that too much of a bother. So... Um, that's his field, and he's give us the tick to go. So we're uh, we're going to pack our bags, and off we go. Well, if you've got Dino saying that to you, you've got to. I, I guess the helpful thing is maybe even Savage to Excel, who's drawn to your outside, but goes quick as well. There, there looks to be good pace. That I don't know. Uh, you know, as I say, it's only the one turn, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's uh, the thousand meters down this neck of the woods. Terrain's quite similar, and the barriers don't become too much of an issue. Uh, so I'd, I've never been to sale, but I, uh, Dean's, as I said, quite happy to let him go. So, um, yeah, we, we do as we're told. All right, that's in the boat. A big chance tomorrow in the uh, the country discovery at sale. Just while I've got you, Lindsay, uh, what have you ended up doing with Corner Pocket? No, he went to the paddock. We, uh, I thought it was uh, trainer error uh, when he was a bit disappointing at Bendigo. So we trialled him for fitness, but... Um, I was a little bit disappointed, and when Declan came in, he wasn't that uh, thrilled with him either. So um, he was—he'd been up a while, not a lot of races, but we trained him quite hard prior to some of them runs. So uh, we decided to put him in the paddock. Okay, so off to the paddock. Uh, I will say, uh, just on Declan, he's—he's he's riding well. He's got an unusual style, but the horses lift for him, don't he? And we saw that yesterday with your horse, Springvale Road. Yeah, he rides them stairs good, and he—he he asks. He asks them to go. He doesn't sort of sit there waiting, um, thinking that they'll push button horses. He he knows the horses, and that's the advantage of riding work. And he's rode him in his trials. He knows that he's got to ask him because he's not going to sit and sprint. So they were, you know, bowling along a little bit. Treble was bowling along a little bit in front. So uh, they came back to him as well. But um, he's still an immature horse, that. I thought the last 50 metres was quite good, so he, he may be able to go on with it. Yeah, he certainly found, the you know, when Declan got him going, uh, he, he really did find the line. Mate, we're three weeks away from Warrnambool Cup Day. How's the team preparing? Yeah, no, most of them uh, are aimed at uh, to go there. Uh, a lot of them have had their first starts over the last week, so 
uh, depending if they win a race or not in between which direction or what races they go in. But no, uh, all the um, I've got the Tommy gun ready, so we'll do our best time <laughs> to win as many, many as we can because it, it, it's our time of the year. It is. It's going to be a, a special time. We'll be there broadcasting, so watch out. The Whalers will be going off again, mate. Yeah, yeah, it might be. Uh, it's, uh, I won't be getting me to the last day because uh, I'm too old to recover. I need a gap between runs, so uh, it'll, it won't be getting me till day uh, day three. Yeah, no, just go once, and uh, I, I'm in the same boat. I'm very quiet. Hey, Lindsay, good luck tomorrow with corner, uh, not with corner pocket, but in the boat. I hope the horse runs right up to his best. Thank you very much. Lindsay Smith joining us there. This big race tomorrow, half a million dollars of prize money for the owners and trainers. The current Bet365 market for the country discovery. Savatu Excel, yes, definitely runs from barrier 15. Uh, Kelvin McAvoy saying to me this morning, it's not ideal, but it is only one turn. Right now at $19, the Inferno at $8.50. Cliff Brown's only concern here is that the horse hasn't raced for a period, hasn't got the fitness that others have in saying that, Cliff has been really happy with the couple of jump outs and the gallops the horse has had in recent times. Currently at $8.50. Uh, Brooklyn Hustle at $12. Lombardo from its draw, maybe the leader, $5.50. Showmanship, they don't want it too firm there, at $6. In the boat at four sixty. They're the main ones in the market. And uh, Campbell Brown and Sam Highland, they're going to be there tomorrow, all a part of this special day of broadcasting around Victoria on Good Friday. It's the Royal Children's Hospital Appeal. And we've set up the GRV, that's the Greyhound Racing Victoria SEN track uh, uh, Friday fund, the Good Friday fund. You can go to the SEN radio app and click on the bottom. It says uh, where the heart is, and away you go. You can donate at any time. And tomorrow morning, we'll be all over the country racing and the Good Friday uh, uh, appeal from 9 o'clock Eastern time. You are coming up in 15 minutes. We'll be joined by Dean Evans from Winning Edge Investments. We'll look at uh, Saturday's feature racing at Ramwick, and also Chris Nelson, who will be coming a part of that 9 o'clock Eastern uh, hour, uh, looking towards Brisbane and the features. So Dean Evans and Chris Nelson after 9 o'clock in about 15 minutes from now. Let's go and talk to John O'Shea. Morning to you, John. Morning, Andrew. Well, the good news, I've just got uh, the tick that Wyong's going ahead. They just had another look, and it's a heavy 10 with that overnight rain. We just didn't need it again. Oh, mate, Um even this morning, you know, even when the sun's out, it rains here at the moment. So, um, yeah, it's most frustrating, to say the least, Andrew. It will be. I want to talk, obviously, about the Randwick team, but I'll just clear the air on your runner there at Wyong. You're happy, obviously, to send off to a Duke of Gordon in that second race? He loves the ground. Um, he was pretty effective in it at Scone the other day and probably just ended up on the inside where he didn't need to be. So he, he was a tad unlucky, and, and Will was really happy with him. So... Uh, wouldn't need to reinvent the wheel too much to be uh, getting a major price today from where he's drawn. Okay, so that's in the second at Wyong, uh, Duke of Gordon. <laughs> now, you're based, obviously, at Randwick. They've had the 10.4 mil officially in the gauge, says uh, track manager Michael Wood. The forecast is encouraging, though. I, we take the positive line in some way here. Oh, mate, I think the damage is done, though, Andrew. You know, yeah. like, we sort of got to a 7 or something yesterday, but I think we had the best part of an inch, another inch last night. So, and then it was showery again this morning. So, respect, we've probably got a, a nice day today and Friday and Saturday. But 
oh, it'll it'll still be pretty pretty wet, mate. Yeah. You know, like it's just not getting a chance to to improve. It gets improved and then it rains again. It's uh, anyway, it's a heavy nine right now. That's where it sits, and we'll just monitor that. Um, I know we've seen a few of these, so I'm going to start with one that we haven't seen. Fashionelle in the last race. Would you be happy to go if it was a heavy eight? Oh, I probably need to get it started. Um, we may be inclined to trial her on Monday if it's still heavy um, because she's just in a rich vein of form and, you know, giving her, a, a, you know, a tough day on a, on, from a wide draw is probably not in her best interest, you know. So she'd be one that we're excited to run when she does run, but uh, we may be inclined just to, uh, if, it, if it was still heavy on Saturday morning, she'd probably stay at home. What about Kerwin's Lane? Uh, he's one that seemingly gets through it, but again is first up. Yeah, look, I think he's one that probably needs to have a day out. Andrew, he's getting ready for the Hawkesbury Gold Cup and Scone Cup. So, you know, ideally we'd be going into those races second and third up. Uh, and he's a little roly-poly fella that, you know, enjoys his racing. It's a shame that it's wet because I thought on slow ground he, he would be very, very hard to beat. Um, but we probably will give him a day out and blow out a few cobwebs. I will say his first up run, I know it was Goulburn and, you know, away from, it was the Goulburn Cup, uh, but I, I looked at it again this morning. The horse ran okay there. He's capable first up, uh, but he, uh, listening to you, just needs the run. Oh, no, he's ready to roll at 1,400. Um, you know, it's fair argument to say he should have won the Goulburn Cup, um, and we've been very happy with his trials, so... But, uh, you know, I think he seemed to be most effective. He'd need the ground to be at least soft. Maximal, uh, was there an issue out of the Australian Cup? No, mate. No, no. It was uh, huge just being a little bit cautious on the horse. Yeah. Took a couple of wobbly steps. I think he just overreached when, when he tried to push out. Um, had a little bit of overreach when he came back in. So uh, he, he's, you know, he's really going well. I can't tell you how well he's going, but um, he's just hopeless on wet ground. So, um He'd be another one that'd be doubtful for Saturday, in, in light of what the rain, you know, the rain's come last night. Staggering this, uh, just how many horses. Are, I, I, I'm not going to go early, but I hope the spring is good here. <laughs> we're uh, we've, we're going to have some big turnarounds in form if we end up somewhere on a good track in a in a carnival. I think you will. I think that's that's for sure. You know, like um, it, it's just so many horses that are uncomfortable in that ground at the minute, and people are running because. They've had them in work for you know three months, except for these races. And you know, ideally, they need to have a day out and blow out a few cobwebs. But I think um, you know when we come back in the spring and there's some lovely horses there that have just been not afforded no chance on on heavy ten tracks pretty much since the beginning of February. Quantico is probably the same boat. Yeah, well, he'd be highly unlikely. Um, there's a little race in Queensland for him on the 30th, so he'd be probably more inclined to trial him on Tuesday and then he can go to Brisbane on the 30th and, and hope the hell the weather <laughs> doesn't reach Queensland. <laughs> oh, please. Uh, if it turns up in Brisbane, I think I'll just give up the caper. Uh, what, <laughs> what about Robert Deere and Comrade Rosa? Uh, Robert Deere would be doubtful. Comrade Rosa... Um, we're really, really happy with her, but um, as you saw the other day, it's difficult to make up ground on those heavy eight, nine tracks. You know, like pretty much they got their spots on Saturday and sort of that was about it. The race never changed in place. So she's got a racing pack that's not suited by the heavy ground. So I'll just discuss it with Linda on Saturday and, and give her my thoughts. She's a filly that will probably take the scone. Um, it was 1100 metre fillies race there, just put some speed back into her legs over the next month. And 
like we throw a set of shades on her and, and she'd be well suited by the big circumference of, of scone and, and the fact that usually when we get the scone, it's dry. Yep. All right, so there's weights on Fashionelle, uh, Maximal and Quantico, and then we'll wait and see on the others. Yep. Yep. Uh, and just before I let you go, Lost and Running, we know, uh, went out uh, after its last run. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the paddock now and just enjoying things? Yeah, I was really, you know, in light of what's transpired in Sydney, sort of, Glad that we haven't wasted time having him in the stable and, and not running him. So um, we actually just finalised his program today. He, he'll probably come back into the stable mid-May uh, with the Vita running in the missile and then the wing stakes. And um, and then, you know, we'd probably freshen him up going into the Everest. Okay, so uh, go early and then have the freshen. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, he's an exciting horse, as we know. Ah, John, we're going to talk one day. It'll be good. It'll be fine, and everything will be rosy, mate. Uh, don't laugh. Go and have an Easter egg or two. Yeah, no, mate. It's all good. Just keep. I mean, everyone's in the same boat. It suited some more than others, and good luck to them. It's been their turn. So, um, but you know, we've still got the rest of the winter to participate, and hopefully. We get some ground that's sort of truly reflective of the horse's ability over the next month or two. Let's hope so. Thanks a lot, John. Cheers, mate. Good on you. John O'Shea being heard in Sydney on 15.39am. He's a big listener on the SEN radio app, and that's just not words. He does listen to us driving around on the app. So just updating on Ramwick. So it's a heavy nine right now, but the worst of the weather looks like it's gone. So today, once those showers, uh, as John mentioned, uh, the sun comes out and it's still showery, but it's meant to clear. The radar looks quite encouraging. There's no heavy stuff on the radar, and that gives us a tick for Wyong today. So we're racing there. Definitely it's a heavy 10 after the stewards went back just in the last half an hour or so. At this stage, looking at Ramwick, uh, we've got three early scratchings. In the Tab Highway, the first, uh, Artie Money has come out. That's race one, number five. Uh, Then go down to the latter part of the program. Race nine, number three, Imaging is out. And race 10, number seven, Simply Optimistic is out. So I think many trainers, John O'Shea giving us good uh, first-hand information about what he's thinking with some of his horses in not running. But I think a lot of trainers will probably wait until Saturday morning. You've heard from Trent Bussenden this morning saying that Sierra Sioux handles the wet. We'd prefer a drier track, but certainly committed to sending the horse from their Cranbourne base up to Sydney to run tonight. Uh, Just in some other quick notes, heading towards Ramwick, I spoke with Brad Whitup this morning about Ice Bath. He said the barrier was always going to be the crucial thing, whether she would back up. It wouldn't be the weight. Well, barrier five comes up really attractive, according to Brad. Karen McAvoy keeps the ride after riding last Saturday. So Ice Bath certainly will do the seven-day backup. Uh, also attempting the seven-day backup is Nima Lee in the all-age. We know gave Damien Oliver that record amount of Group 1 wins last Saturday. Matt Smith talking with him uh, this morning. He said, barrier 14 is not great. We can't hide from that factor. But if it's a heavy nine or a eight or a soft seven, maybe it won't be too bad. And he'll certainly leave that trust to Damien Oliver, who's going up to ride Nimalee. Could have easily stayed at Caulfield, but certainly uh, heads up that way. And by the way, Snapper, who was dual accepted across the weekend, definitely goes to the Discovery race at sale tomorrow for the Mike Moroni stable. Standby, we're about to go. National. 
Good morning, Australia. Welcome to your national racing program for this Thursday. Lots of good racing talk coming up, including Dean Evans about to join us from Winning Edge Investments, looking at the feature racing in Sydney on Saturday, where Ramwick has had 10.4 mil of rain overnight. It's rated now a heavy nine, but the encouraging thing is the forecast. Fine weather right through until Saturday now. So that track, mm, the damage may have been done that we might not get back to a seven, but uh, it won't get any worse given the forecast. Uh, we've got a big Good Friday meeting at Sale tomorrow, uh, which will be all over. We're broadcasting a special show right uh, on SEN track tomorrow morning for many of our stations that have picked us up, particularly around Victoria. Uh, James Cummings will join us in half an hour as well. We want to talk about Animo. We'll talk about a few of the mayors and we'll talk about his runners for Saturday. But let's get cracking. At this time, over the last few weeks for Winning Edge Investments, we've been chatting with Dean Evans. And Dean, another super day of attractive racing at Ramwick on Saturday. Morning, Andrew. Yeah, this is the third day, I guess, of the uh, the main carnival at Randwick and, uh, you know, a couple of couple of good group ones there, the All Age and the Champagne, and uh, a decent support card with uh, certainly a lot of talented horses uh, running that are, that are you know, going to be ones to, to follow in the future for sure. Well, we'll talk about a few of those in a moment, but let's focus in on the Group 1 All Aged. Uh, it's a fairly competitive race. I know that in the Congo, the team were real hopeful of getting in there, and they got a slot when it came out there yesterday, one of the last positions in the race. What's your thoughts on this Group 1? Yeah, it's a, it's a big field. Sometimes the all-age sort of ends up with a, a small field because it's sort of at the end of the carnival there. And, uh, you know, sometimes the horses either go for a spell or they sort of bypass this race and then they go to um, they go to Brisbane. But, uh, you know, they've got a capacity field here of 14 and, and three emergencies. Plenty of speed. You've got in the Congo. Of course, we know very well it'll be pushing forward, uh, you know, but, it, but he's got the likes of Overpass and Ellsberg that really like to be... Uh, you know, up front as well. So I think there's plenty of speed on this race. And you've got sort of drawn out wide, uh, you know, Forbidden Love, uh, Mr. Mozart, if it gets a run, Colding, Tofano, all going to be wanting to push for a spot. Um, Old Mido sort of back on the inside. And then even Shout the Bar, who's, you know, led last start and is in the mix there too. So I do see it as a race with a lot of speed. Uh, and then you've sort of got those horses like Moanga and Cascadian right out the back that'll be, uh, uh, you know, aiming to swoop home late. What's your overview uh, on a Thursday morning on the race? What do you think or what are the, the ones that our listeners should be following? There was actually a run where about five winners in a row came out of the uh, the TJ Smith and then Colding came out of the George Ryder uh, last time. It's pretty rare for them to come out of the Doncaster and yet a lot of the horses in this field have come out of the Doncaster. I think in terms of the key chances, you've got Mawanga uh, coming off a sort of seven-week break, was good in the Futurity first up when it ran second. Uh, it's one over 1,400 here before Group 1 level in the Winks. Uh, so I certainly think that, that he's in the mix. Uh, Forbidden Love's another who I think is just going to appreciate going back from the, the mile to the 1,400. Uh, probably just doesn't run out a, a strong Randwick mile, but the 1,400 is going to suit her. Uh, and you've got Tefane, who, who won the race uh, two years ago and is coming off an all-star mile run um, in the Congo uh, you know, who, who who we know well and I think is, uh, you know, sort of set to peak third up. But it's interesting that they're all sort of, you know, reasonably in the market there. Um, there's not enormous prices about sort of any of those runners and what's a big field. And and there's a couple of roughies, I think, that, that uh, are worth having a look at. Laws of Indices, who uh, is sort of between 20 and 30 to 1 at the moment as a horse. I, I really rate highly. 
uh, his Golden Eagle run, his first run in Australia, was just uh, absolutely astonishing when, when he ran fifth behind I'm Thunderstruck and just flew home running some very impressive sectionals. Uh, he was a really good third in the George Ryder and uh, he then ran 10th in, in the Doncaster. But it, the tracks have just been too heavy for him, I think, so far, Andrew. And I just I think that track's going to be a bit uh, a bit drier on yeah. Saturday. You know, just no rain sort of uh, in the next couple of days and then Saturday morning. And, and I think we could actually end up with, you know, a, a soft seven and, and possibly racing even better the way Randrick's racing. And I just I just think all laws of indices is sort of the, the forgotten horse who back on the dry track's going to run really, really well. Okay, so there's a few for you, and uh, what's the track condition around law, laws of indices there for Annabelle Nisham and Rachel, of course, coming off the, the Group 1 win from uh, the Sydney Cup or the Sydney Cup win last week. Uh, let's look at some other races for our listeners that I know you've done plenty of form on, and we'll go back in race book order, and Contributing Factor is one that, uh, Dean, you're thinking uh, in the second race, the midway can be running well. Gets Hugh Bowman aboard here and was just very, very stiff. Anyone who, who saw the race uh, at Newcastle uh, a couple of weeks ago, the provincial wildcard there, um, you know, he, he should have won. He, he, he settled sort of back second last, just couldn't get a run sort of near the 400-metre mark. Absolutely flew home uh, for fifth beaten two lengths behind Papali. Um, you know, his closing sectionals were sort of the, the fourth quickest last 400 of the day. Um, and I think he was just, just very, very stiff. Uh, you know, the 1400 at Randwick's just going to suit his style perfectly. He won't have to get that far uh, back. Hopefully, Bowman can get him a bit closer, though he has drawn wide. Um, but I think he, he really should have won and probably been in the, the provincial championships last start. And um, and he would have been a chance in that race, I think. And, and he finds sort of a, you know, a midway here. Uh, where he's well graded and I think going to be very hard to beat. It's race two, number 11, contributing factor. Here's a horse in the third race, the Frank Packer, who's starting to leave his mark. We know that Chris Waller can find them. Straight Aaron Dean, he just looks to be a really nice horse. Yeah, absolutely. I think he, he could well be a, a future superstar. I think he's just uh, his, his carbine club win second up at just his third start. Um, he just absolutely toyed with them. He's, he's run plus 14 for the last 600 and the quickest last 200 metres of the day uh, there, Andrew. And that obviously was a day mm. where there were four Group 1 races, including the, the TJ Smith and the Doncaster. So uh, he's an impressive horse. He's running some pretty incredible sectionals and um, you know, he's even money, but I just think he's going to toy with these again. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure if they plan to head to Brisbane with him, but if they do, he's going to be pretty hard to beat in a, in a derby up there. He would be. It'll be interesting, uh, you know, Chris has got the judgment. He always likes to take one or two to Brisbane. But he's also, I guess, if he thinks he's a spring horse, how deep he wants to go. Yeah, absolutely. And he might he might put him away. You know, yeah. he's, still, uh, he's still lightly raced and, um, and, and Chris likes to take his time. So he may not rush at all. I'd, He's a Group One horse. It's as simple as that. So it'll be exciting to watch on Saturday, and uh, and we'll see what Chris does from there. What are you thinking with Esper uh, here in the JB Car? Uh, have have you been, or shouldn't we be disappointed because of what we've been dealing with, with the tracks? Yeah, I think she's been a victim of the tracks. You know, I think I think she uh, she's a horse we spoke about a lot early on, and you know, I still think that she's absolutely top shelf. She was a good third in the, the surround. It wasn't a, a bad run. Uh, there was a couple that sort of handled the heavy better there. Um, and then that Coolmore track, you know, it was it was heavy and it was sort of sticky. 
and she just never really got into it, didn't handle it. And I think that's just a complete forgive run. And there have been some horses on that day, like uh, like Fangirl that we saw that sort of failed as well and then just bounced back next start, won a group one. So I think Chris is, uh, you know, throwing her in this race to get her confidence back. Um, and, you know, I think uh, we'll see her just dominate this field, really, um, get a, get an easy kill. And then she's another, I'm not sure whether they plan to go to Brisbane with her. Mm. You know, she could be a, a Stradbroke horse or again, maybe they'll just, uh, you know, be patient and, and wait for the spring. But again, she's another horse who on the times and sectionals and everything she's done, she's a group one horse all day. Um, so, you know, I'm expecting her to put these away and uh, then we, we wait and see what Chris decides to do next. We're talking with Dean Evans from winningedgeinvestments.com. There's tips, there's ratings from professional putters right throughout the Autumn Carnival. You can check it all out and make sure you gamble responsible. If you've got a problem, one 858 Another one that you've mentioned a couple of times, uh, Dean, through the Carnival is Numerian lining up on Saturday in the JRA Plate. The horse I got a lot of time for, and, and you know, you've only got to look at his record overseas. He, he beats Sir Dragon A by, by three lengths, and uh, you know, Sir Dragon A obviously came here and won a, a Cox Plate on a Tancred. He also ran second, beating a nose to, to Armory, who ran second in the Cox Plate to Sir Dragon A. So he's a horse that has absolute top shelf uh, form over 2,000 metres. He gets to 2,000 metres for the first time in Australia. He's only had three runs here. Um, you know, he was very good in the, the Bill Ritchie when he's only beaten two lengths. He was good sort of first up at Flemington, beaten two lengths, going 60 kgs. Um, he sort of, it was, it was a bit plain in the Doncaster. It was pretty hard to sort of second up on the Doncaster, uh, you know, just off, a, off, a, off one run. I, I think he just wasn't totally fully ready there. He's now third up here over 2,000 metres, gets a rain-affected track, uh, Tommy Berry aboard. And I just think we're going to see the real horse here probably for the first time in Australia in, in sort of the right race. Uh, you know, having had a couple of prep runs and over 2,000 metres. And um, I think, you know, getting sort of $13, $12 about a, a horse who, who's thrashed the Dragon A and, and, mm. and run alongside Armoury, um, you know, at, the, at its right distance, I think, uh, you know, sounds pretty juicy to me. That's race seven, number three at Ramwick. Let's go to the second last. Uh, and look, we respect that this track uh, looks to be going to be better and there'll be horses that will appreciate that. Our playboy has won... Uh, for Mick Price and uh, Michael Kent Jr. They've been feeling their way. I think they want to get to Brisbane. What are you thinking here? Uh, another horse that's, that's just super talented and, and just needs that cut out of the ground. And although he, sort of, he doesn't like the dry tracks, he likes to cut out of the ground. But I don't think he wants it, you know, super wet yeah. either. Yeah. Um, and so I just think this this drying Randwick track, you know, I think he's a Kuiper horse. He's just going to suit Randwick perfectly. Um, he was a good second last start in the, in the Doncaster prelude behind Mr. Mozart. He's flying. Uh, you know, he, he, he meets a weaker field here, a benchmark 100. Um, and I just think with J-Mac aboard, he sort of looks to map around seventh, get a nice little run, uh, one off the fence. Um, and I, I just think he's, he's one that's sort of fit, ready to go and, and could just blow this field away. That's race nine, number five, our playboy. Because Mr. Mozart and, and our playboy, they cleared out on the rest there, that meeting at Newcastle. Yeah, you're right. There was a there was a big big gap to to third, about sort of three lengths back, um, and you know that was a, a group three field. So he, he sort of uh, he, he gets Jay Mac aboard here, and he's just he's just a big track horse. He likes to cut out of the ground, fourteen hundred to a mile. It just sort of looks perfect for him. There's a fair few in this race that are just uh, first up. Um, you know, not really ready to go yet. And I think, uh, um, and a couple of other sort of older horses that are just out of form. So I think he just sort of finds the right race here and, uh, and should be pretty hard to beat. 
So there's some uh, thoughts from Dean Evans across many races. Contributing factor in the second at Ramwick. Uh, you get Straight Aaron, Espiona, uh, Numerian's another one in the JRA plate, and our Playboy in race number nine. And I've got to ask you, Dean, about Fireburn, who lines up in a small field, try to make that triple crown. Off the figures, I suspect off the figures that you've been seeing, if she runs like she's been doing, then she's just got to clean up the crown. Yeah, that's it. And I think, uh, you know, it's been a while since we've seen a, a horse do that. Uh, you know, Piero, I think, was the last one. Yeah. So we're all cheering uh, cheering Brenton and, and, and Gary on, I think, at, uh, on weights and measures and the way she's going. Um, she's going to be pretty hard to beat. I think, again, she's extremes, probably the horse that she's going to have to run down. And there'll be a sort of softer speed here than she's had in both the uh, slipper and the, and the size with only um, with only the six runners, I think. Uh, you know, she's extreme, may well lead here. Um, and, and again, I think she's extreme, will give a big kick and, and, and then we'll just have the excitement of watching uh, Fireburn try and run her down. But probably not a betting race for me mm. um, unless Fireburn sort of drifts and maybe you can you can back she's extreme and save on Fireburn potentially. Um, but at, at the current markets, they've probably got it about right. And it's uh, it's just going to be an exciting race to watch and see if, uh, see if Gary and Brendan can, can do the treble. All right, well, make sure you drop into winningedgeinvestments.com. Uh, the markets change, the races change on race mornings and things like that. You can get all the vital information by going to winningedgeinvestments.com. It's tips and ratings from professional punters, and it's treating betting like a business at Winning Edge. Uh, Dean, thanks for your time this morning. Let's hope it's a winning Saturday for you. Thanks very much, Andrew. Enjoy the day. We certainly will, Dean. Dean Evans there. And the market in regard to the all-age right now, Mawanga is at $5 with Bet365. Ellsberg at 13 And Gerald Ryan saying to me this morning, from Barrier 7, we've got the chance maybe of taking a sit rather than leading with Ellsberg. $13. Forbidden Love gets a tick at this stage. I stress at this stage from Barrier 16 to line up, $4.80. Tafane at $9. Nimalee on the back up at 13 And in the Congo gets a start right there, $5. Uh, drawn a little bit tricky like Forbidden Love. Let's uh, do this now every week through the, uh, well, I know it's still autumn, but the Queensland Winter Carnival is closing in and some good racing virtually every week so at this time slot every Thursday our good friend Chris Nelson's going to join us on SEN track welcome Chris thanks Andrew great to be with you on this uh, on Thursday and yeah as you say the carnival's uh well there's a real uh whiff or what do they say waft of carnival in the air with uh, with two listed races uh, coming up on Saturday we're at Eagle Farm where they've done a lot of work. We know how firm it used to get, but the, it seems to be the jockeys are a lot happier now with it. Yeah, I'm not hearing any uh, any complaints, basically, about the surface uh, at this stage. So the work they've done looks to have certainly done the trick there at Eagle Farm. So, look, personally, I can only speak when doing the form and that sort of thing. I love Eagle Farm because we always know what we're going to get. It's going to be dry. It is a bit of horses for courses. That can help as well. And... Look, I suppose when we get to carnival time now with these bigger races, and, and we're, you know, a perfect example is a couple of these races on Saturday that we're going to talk about, uh, there isn't horses for courses. Horses like Zoo Style and these visiting Kiwis haven't been to Eagle Farm. So it's going to be interesting to see whether they handle it, whether they don't. But, uh, yeah, it's just another little anomaly we've got to uh, figure out or, or factor in when we do the form. But uh, as you say, the track's going really well at this stage and we're in for a great day Saturday. 
All right, well, let's look at uh, the Daybreak Lover. It's race seven on the card over the 1,400 metres. Uh, Fire King has been scratched out of the race. Now, it is interesting, this market. Release the Beans at 6.50. Flying Crazy up there from Sydney at 7.50. Dark Destroyer. We spoke with Lance O'Sullivan. That interview available on Bensley SEN Track, your podcaster. $6.50. Cape Breton at 9. Green Belt. $2.20 off the two wins in Melbourne earlier this week. And then Ashgrove is at $15. Now, Greenbelt $2.20, I reckon it's just got a drift. I, I know that the wins were impressive, but by gee, it needs some luck from the draw. Well, look, the map says, Andrew, that Greenbelt obviously goes forward because uh, that's the way it's been both wins. Uh, Ragin will go forward. Brock Lilly will go forward. But other than that, it doesn't look to be a lot of speed. So Greenbelt might get over okay here. But, look, those wins were both at 1,600 metres. Uh, first up here over 1,400 metres. I think I heard you yesterday say that Greenbelt was travelling up uh, on the float yesterday. So I'm not sure whether Greenbelt has arrived yet. But, look, I just at that price, I'd rather see Greenbelt go around Eagle Farm and have a bit of a look first before, uh, before taking the short odds. So I don't know how you feel, but that's just... A bit short for me, so I sort of agree. I think Greenbelt will drift in the market. Yeah, uh, talking with Michael Kent Jr. earlier this morning at Trackwork, he said, we're surprised. Our horse is going really well, but I think this horse from New Zealand, it offers up so much. Lance Sullivan saying the horse has been over for about 12 days. He's settled in well. The only thing from Lance was that he prefers to have a little bit of give in the surface. So does Eagle Farm go well for him? Well, probably not, because that's a course that's not going to have any real give. And look, we might get a shower or two on the day, but it's not going to do much to this mm. track at all. And look, hasn't raced for, what, 105-odd days by the time we get to Saturday. And look, gate number one, we have seen in recent weeks the jockeys steering away from the inside. I'm not saying it is inferior ground, because we've had have it a couple of horses that have got up along the inside and run really well. But just looking back through his form, but uh, didn't think it was overly strong. So I'm quite happy to uh, to risk this time around, Dark Destroyer, uh, see how he goes, and basically just put a watch on him for this particular race. A uh, very interesting runner, though. I mean, his form in New Zealand reads well, but we're just not sure of what he's been beating over there. That's the query. All right. Well, we've <laughs> we've knocked two here. What are you think? <laughs> what are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking we go each way here with the tried and true and the proven form of Release the Beans, who's got Eagle Farm form, been here five times for two wins and three placing, has won over the sincere at Eagle Farm, draws gate uh, number two. So Jimmy Orman, who's a jockey, as you know, Andrew, is riding so well at the moment. He's going to have options here. Uh, where he ends up in the run, oh, I can see him behind the lead. If he wants to get off the fence, he can. If he wants, thinks that fence is okay, he doesn't have to. But first up at Eagle Farm uh, a couple of weeks ago behind Enterprise Pomp, uncharacteristically, he missed the start. Now, he doesn't generally do that. He struck some bother and then got a check. So don't expect him to be back in the field again. Expect him to be nice and close. Now, his numbers have always been good at Eagle Farm. As I said, he's got a very good record. And you're getting, what, $6.50, I think you said, about release the beans. I'd much rather go each way with He's proven at the track. Uh, look, he's going to have got that fitness edge definitely over Green Belt and over Dark Destroy, having had that one run back in a couple of trials prior. So, yeah, I'm going to release the beans each way. All right. Uh, so that's race seven, number one, as you say, 6.50 and 2.25 the place in that race. Now, the other highlight race is the eighth race, the Ascot Quality. We can tell you that Esther LaRocca, Lloyd Kennewell's Horses arrived there uh, safe and well at this stage. Uh, going through the market, Zoo Style at $3. Uh, 
Uh, Esther LaRocca at 13, Written Beauty at 9, Kylie at $11, Shooting for Gold at 360, and down the bottom Simply Flies there at $13. So that's the current market at Bet365. The big the big watch here has got to be Zoo Style. He's a very good horse, Fresh Andrew. Tony Gollum will have him ready to go. He hasn't officially trialled, but he's had a jump out. Now, if you look at the uh, the race on face value and you see that barrier, I think he's into barrier 10 now, uh, it doesn't look good on paper. But if you do the map, you see that, look, the main speed from what I can see are Esther LaRocca and Kai Lease, and they're drawn outside of him. Archer's Paradox likes to run along. He's drawn inside. And Emerald Kingdom, well, we know he goes forward, but he's not a horse that's going to match it with Zoo Style over 1,000 metres. So I can see Zoo Style crossing here, and I think he'll cross okay. Uh, he's, a, he's a gun fresh. He hasn't been to Eagle Farm. I suppose that's, that's the query, as I mentioned earlier in the segment. But he's that sort of horse that just skips on top of the ground and skips along. So you wouldn't think, I mean, a horse of his speed, you'd have to think a surface like Eagle Farm would suit. Obviously, we don't know for sure. But look, if he's in front and he's doing his own thing, 1,000 metres as he's going nice and fresh, oh, I think we're in here. Yeah, look, he's on his talents. You've summarised it really well. I guess uh, just a couple of the others. You know, Matt Hoisted, we spoke earlier in the week. They've been really keen on this horse all through his racing career. It's just going to be interesting how forward he is. You know, a lot of these horses aren't going to be wound up. They've got long campaigns no. ahead. Yeah, well, Sue Stiles heading towards hopefully a Doombin 10,000 start. Shooting for goals, the horse you mentioned there. Now, he's trialled really well. He trialled the Sunshine Coast last week. Uh, he won that heat. He's just such a good horse. He'll sit off the speed here. I've got him probably around... Uh, look, I've got him probably a little bit better than midfield from that gate. And they, they can't afford to give Zustal too much of a start. Zustal won't be stopping unless they absolutely gas him early, which I can't see happening. Uh, shooting for gold is going to be the one running on, but I just over the 1,000 metres, I just don't know that he can run Zustal down. But I'm sure he's going to have the flashing lights all over him. The key there is your speed map, you know, just yep. how Zoo Style can get across. It is. That is the entire key to the race. And as I said, with Esther LaRocca and Kylie's having drawn outside of Zoo Style, that's a huge plus. If they've drawn inside, then he could be posted out there. But he's got he's got tremendous gate speed. Uh, he can just sit on that speed. Or he's got that sustained speed as well. Look, speaking to Ryan Maloney, uh, when he rode him last campaign, he, he filled in for Brad Stewart. And he told us that uh, the horse that he reminds him of, Zoo Style, more than anything else, was nature. So that's not a bad rap for Zoo Style. Uh, wraps it up well and truly. You mentioned that Doombin 10,000. Marzu now confirmed heading up there. Uh, right now at Bet365 is the $4 favourite after the news came out a couple of days ago. Big Parade, who runs in Sydney on the weekend at 6. Isotope is at 6. In the Congo, 9. Rothfire at 9. Overpass at 13 with Pulele September run. So lots of things will change around here. What just finally, Chris, did you think of the Rothfire trial? I was just going to say, Andrew, $9 Rothfire sounds quite appealing after what he did to them on uh, on Tuesday, but in that trial, he was tremendous. He was he was really good. He, he did it easily. He ran really quick time, really quick sectionals. I think it was 33.88 or something, and there looked to be a lot left in the tank with him. He's come back really well. That's a... Uh, that's not a bad price for $9. Things will change uh, plenty with that. Uh, Chris, we're going to do this every Thursday, uh, right through from now on, uh, all around the Queensland Carnival. So D- Dean Evans will probably join us Monday, Tuesday next week and wrap up the Autumn Carnival. And then a full focus swings on to uh, the Queensland at 9 o'clock 
uh, Eastern time. Uh, once we go national, we'll have it all for you every Thursday. Uh, thanks for your time, Chris. Enjoy your Easter weekend. I know that we'll be talking again on Saturday. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks, Andrew. Speak to you then. Chris Nelson, all over the Queensland form. So he likes race seven, number one, release the beans at around the $6.50 and zoo style to win the Ascot quality race eight, number one, where Duchess, the uh, second emergency, has been scratched overnight. This is Bensley, all round Australia on SEN track. After our next news update in about six or seven minutes, James Cummings, the leading Godolphin trainer. Yes, tonight at five minutes to seven Eastern time in Australia, we're going to be all over a big harness race in New Zealand simply called The Race. It's a slot race, a $900,000 race. And the Sports Entertainment Network, of which SEN Track is a part of, has a runner, self-assured, to be driven by Mark Purden. Hey, Mark, there's a heap of pressure on you, mate. There certainly is, Andrew. Yeah, I'm feeling it. Uh, don't be feeling it. You can cope with pressure better than anybody, mate. Uh, how's the horse going, uh, self-assured? Yeah, very, very good, Andrew. He's, he's really well. Um, blood taken of him last week, and that was all good. And um, Yeah, he's, uh, he's going into the race very well tonight. Is the draw the issue on where you might end up? Uh, it is really, Andrew. It's, you know, it's going to be the hardest draw. And, uh, you know, he, he'll need to be at his best to overcome it, but he's, he's capable. He's a very special horse. I know uh, I'm hoping that Jean Feast, the owner's made her way over there. She certainly has. She uh, she arrived yesterday and uh, there was a, a cocktail function last night that she attended, but uh, she couldn't wait to get over. Ah, fantastic. I'm, I'm wrapped for her. Um, just in regard to Cambridge, for many people in this part of uh, the world, Mark may not have seen harness racing at Cambridge. For the distance of this race, you've got time. Is it a good track that you can make long runs on? Um, I would say it, it favours the leaders. In a race like tonight, I think there's going to be a lot of early speed on, and that, and that will help horses that uh, don't do the early work. But, uh, yeah, it's a five furlong track, and I have to say probably you know, it does favour the leaders. So in your mind, when you go out from where you're drawn outside the front row, uh, how quick do you make decisions, Mark? Uh, well, you've just got to be guided by the tempo, really, Andrew, and um, there's a couple of key runners couple of key runners there that um, it'll be interesting to just to see what they do uh, and uh, and probably make make my decision on, on based on what they do. South Coast Arden draws to your inside. That's normally a leader, isn't it? Yes, he's quick off the arm and uh, yeah, that, predominantly that's his favourite spot uh, and I'm sure Brent Mangus will be working him forward. Uh, and Mark, what's the race done for harness racing in New Zealand? Uh, you know, a, a $900,000 race. This is staggering prize money. The concept coming from the Everest in Australia, but well done to Harness Racing. But has it got the promotion that it needed? I think it has, Andrew. It's created a real buzz and, um, of course, bringing two Australian runners over as well has, has given it a bit of spice and uh, add to, added to it. And yeah, there's there's a lot of hype around and, and good media coverage for the race. And, uh, you know, ne- next year the talk is they want to push it to a million dollars, which would be wonderful, and, uh, and, and keep building on it from there, hopefully. Yeah, well, uh, the SEN family, the uh, Sports Entertainment Network family, here in Australia, and also SENZ, who I know are doing three hours from Cambridge starting at 5 o'clock Australian time, and our listeners can listen to that on the SEN uh, radio app. Click on SENZ, you'll be able to listen to it. The race is at five minutes to seven Australian Eastern time, and we're all behind you, Mark. We'll be yelling and screaming.
<laughs> yeah, thanks very much, Andrew. It's nice to hear from you. Good on you, Mark Purden, leading driver, self-assured, is our runner. Hutchie bought it a few uh, months ago, and we're now at the race. Tonight, it'll be covered on SEN. Yes, building into a long weekend of racing. Of course, the Easter Good Friday inaugural meeting at sale in Victoria. Then we head towards Ramwick and Brisbane and good racing at Oakbank, of course, on the Easter weekend in South Australia. And uh, we love on a Thursday morning when we can catch up with Godolphin trainer James Cummings. Welcome, mate. Hi, Andrew. How are you? I'm going all right. Uh, Not too many Easter eggs this year, I hope. (laughs) We're about to see, but there's already a few... There's already a few scattered around Osborne Park, and I think, I think people are on the hunt. Yeah, I reckon uh, we got a drop here this morning at SEN, and uh, I've, I've done well, James. I've got two sitting close beside me. I've yet to jump into one. I'm, I'm holding off. <laughs> it wouldn't be too long, I'm sure. No, it won't be. Now, uh, some confirmed news overnight that uh, Colette, the five-year-old mayor, uh, has been retired. Yes, we, uh, we had a good discussion about that on Monday, and, you know, in the aftermath of the carnival I, we probably should have done a lot more about that and it got a little lost but uh, she embarked on her on her, the next phase of her career and she left on a truck headed out to the Hunter Valley and uh, you know AJC Oaks winners have a good record of producing group what a remarkable horse anyway she's been on the track from the from the barns for us we reflected on her career with the joy that from such humble beginnings through the provincial circuit she's erupted to be a multiple group one winner and a winner of over $7 million in prize money. The only preparation, Dominic Byrne and I were chatting, the only preparation that she, she didn't win a Group 1 or place in a Group 1 in, in all of her racing campaigns was the preparation she won over $4 million in prize money by claiming the Golden Eagle Group 1 standard race in anyone's books. So we're very grateful to have had her under our care. We're very proud of her accomplishments. I think that she will form part of the fabric of all of our great horses we've had through the Godolphin stables for a long time to come. As a star, that win uh, in the Apollo too comes to mind. I'm just looking at the record, but she beat very elegant that day. She did like that soft ground, didn't she, at that at that peak time of her career? That was her first up run back from winning the Golden Eagle, yes. It was, uh, it was, it was, looking, uh, it was looking every bit like the... Uh, the, the, you know, the performance of a horse that was the next weight for a star. She was absolutely electric on the, on the day. She placed a, a narrow second, a second in a chipping Norton at her very next run. And uh, and look, the the win of the the win of the mare in the Empire Rose after we freshened her up from a Caulfield Cup campaign was, was um, even better. You know, that that, that win that went on Derby Day that that was it was just electric. You know, that's that's it's interesting that you know she she, uh, she you know for one reason or another she never really got a got the chance to have a proper cups campaign and that would have always been interesting but in 25 starts felt like time was right and she will she will be a very interesting mayor uh, for the for the next few years for the breeding team to be doing the matings with from that perspective at the stables we're thoroughly looking forward to seeing her progeny come through the stable game. And by the way just on that I'm glad you took me there Suzanne Philcox who has been a part of was it Darley Ingham's Godolphin Brought up 35 years uh, under the same banner earlier this week. 35 years of naming horses, James. It's a, it's a remarkable, isn't it? And uh, and Vin Cox, who celebrated a lunch with Suzanne, some uh, with some of her old favourites, and uh, Fran and Trevor Lobb were were there, and uh, and and we and we laughed about some of the some of the. Uh, some of the the uh, the names that uh, Suzanne has. Worked. I assure you. Yeah. I assure you, she's not she's not done yet, Suzanne, and she's always got she's always got to. 
another batch of horses coming through to name, and, uh, and she gets plenty of suggestions from uh, from the rest of us. But uh, but they had a little bit of a laugh at some of the good memories. Yeah, why kick a moo cow is one that uh, I know that she's not fond with, but uh, certainly she's she's just a lover of naming them. She puts so much work into them. Uh, James, um, horse we have for and, you know, it's great, Suzanne. Gets that recognition. Yeah, James, that line's just... A few names out of the hat. James, the line's just dropping a little bit here. We're, we're mixing in and out here, so I might just get, get you to turn your head and see whether we can get a better line. Just on Colette, the other question is Animo. Um, is it a spell right now? Yes, he's having Yes, he's having a spell after uh, after his autumn campaign, and... Uh, and he pulled up, you know, thankfully he pulled up very well from that, um, from that, from the run in the Queen Elizabeth, the run in the Con Saturday. Okay, and is a decision pending on on the future, or are you hopeful of training on? Yeah, well, I'm, look, I'm 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 hopeful, and uh, there's certainly going to be a box there for him next preparation. But um, uh, we've discussed it at length already, and uh, and the, look, the team will come together again and make a make a decision. But uh, he's uh, he's a perfectly sound horse. Um, there are there are lots of options for him to be training on with, and uh, you know sometimes recently we've made the decision to um, to retire three year old seasons horses like uh, horses like encryption horses like microphone that've gone to stud, uh, and then others we've uh, chosen to go on with them horses like impending have got up on one group ones at four you know we you know, whack on to you know, success in finishing second in the Everest. And, he was uh, he was voted the champion sprinter, but after winning the two million dollar BRC sprint, um, you know, so and definitely, it's certainly inc- increasing his reputation and his value. Uh, so there's 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 definitely a, a good reason why we should be training on with Anima, and it would just be you know um, the sort of thing that we need to make sure that we're perfectly happy to move on with him as a team next season and uh, have have confidence in the horse delivery. And uh, you know, I look I look overseas and. What His Highness Sheikh Mohammed is happy to do with his top three-year-olds, and I see that that his two champion three-year-olds from last last year that finished um, finished behind the winners in the, uh, in, in, the uh, in the in the arc. They're both back in training as four-year-olds, and it's a clear sign that His Highness Sheikh Mohammed is happy to to race his horses and uh, and to compete. So as, as we strive for excellence in everything we do, that's that's uh, that's got to be up there in the ideals of what we uh, what we strive strive to hold important with the horse that we're lucky. Yeah. All right, we'll wait and see what unfolds there. Let's talk uh, around Saturday. Uh, the big feature race is the all-aged. Uh, it's a heavy nine this morning. The weather forecast is encouraging, but it is a heavy nine. And Cascadian just gets a totally different run, you would think, from that draw. He gets a lot, you know, many values um, destined to receive from the wider and the Doncaster. And wait for age will be for, for Cascadian. But... Um, but gee, there's a lot of pace in this race too. There's, there's a really, really large number of horses that are, that prefer to settle in the, you know, right right up there on the speed in this race. And, uh, and I think that'll suit a horse who had a good grounding this preparation and should be extremely fit at the conclusion of his campaign and dropping back. Into- How forward is Criderius? Uh, are you thinking of running on a heavy track if it's that way on Saturday? Yeah, we're we've got to, we're going to have a bit of a you know bit of a think about whether or not we want to run him if it's um, if it's really bottomless. Um, but we feel like he's going really nicely this this preparation. Um, it's only early days. He's had a relatively light preliminary 
back his course that can run a good race fresh and uh, and he can keep improving as his preparation unfolds. Some advantage about getting some fitness on his side before the winnable races really come around for him. But we're pleased with him, and uh, and, uh, and he looks like uh, he looks like being in for a good campaign. To that on race morning. Ah, the K's. We've got to mention special K, Kim and Tari. He's one that handles it wet. Yes, uh, he, you know, he, uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a horse who's really flying. Um, you know, he won really stylishly two ago at his first look, would you believe, on a heavy, heavy track. And uh, look, I think that he, I think that there's no doubt he's going well. His, his recent, solid recent hit out was, was just what I wanted to see from that horse. And, uh, and he's coming to hand quite nicely. But it, the, the, um, the reality is, Big Parade's going to get a really soft lead in that race, and he looks like that. He looks like a very, very hard horse to beat with his form coming out of the Galaxy. Rohiran is also first up, and another one. Uh, how forward is this one? Because he's capable on wet as well. Yeah, look, he is, and he's got an excellent first up record. It'll be it'll be frustrating to waste it. So um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's the uh, if it's the perfect race for that horse, and uh, and and so there's a chance that he doesn't go around there. So we'll have another look at that later and, uh, and and perhaps look at other alternatives for Roheron. We like to set away on his option. It'd be frustrating to waste the first run if it was going to be under. We'll wait and see what uh, the track does. As I say, heavy nine right now after the rain overnight, 10.4 mil, but the forecast is good. James, we'll leave it there uh, with the key runners for the weekend. Thanks for the info around Covet and, and Animo. We'll wait and see on that. Have a safe Easter with the family. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for your time. Good on you. James Cummings, Godolphin trainer. We'll talk about some jumps racing next. Lots of trainers making decisions about horses that are dual accepted over the long weekend of Easter. Uh, Clayton Douglas has uh, blessed her in uh, the country discovery at sale tomorrow. At this stage, and I stress at this stage, he's leaning that way. There'll be confirmation this afternoon. I'll pop it out on our Twitter page at Andrew Bensley. It's also, of course, in on Saturday, Caulfield and the Bill Collins handicap there, carrying a fair bit of weight with Logan McNeil. So we'll wait and see. But at this stage, Clayton Douglas has said we are leaning towards running in the country discovery. Uh, That sixth race tomorrow at sale. Tomorrow morning, we'll be on air with a special program being heard on SEN track around Victoria and some parts of Australia and also... 11.16 SEN in Melbourne. You'll be able to listen to it as well through the SEN radio app. Three hours of a setup of a racing day. We'll be broadcasting from the Hillsville Greyhound track and then uh, through the afternoon, Campbell Brown and Sam Highland will be at the sale races. We'll have other people at Greyhound meetings uh, in Victoria through the day and it's all wrapped around the race day but all wrapped around the Royal Children's Good Friday appeal. So, Uh, Hope you can join us for some portion of it tomorrow. We'll be starting at 9 o'clock Eastern time. Let's take a break. This is Bensley on SEN Track. Yes, coming up shortly, the early crow with all the day's winners. Let's uh, go and have a chat with Maggie Payne. We're certainly racing over this long weekend of Easter. You can check it out at country.racing.com. Maggie Payne, happy Easter. Happy Easter to you, Andrew. Sorry, I'm just, uh, I'm actually in sales. So that's the oh. traffic heading to the, the races tomorrow, I think, on the highway. Oh, well, that busy, the town is pumping, and uh, we're excited to be here in Gippsland, that's for sure. Fantastic. Uh, we spoke with Greg Carpenter yesterday from Racing Victoria. The build-up around this inaugural country discovery race has been incredible. It has been fantastic. Not only the, I guess, the fields, the quality fields that are going to be racing tomorrow, but as I mentioned, the region is pumping. I've been to the bakery. They're 
sold out of hot cross buns and um, people are exploring, I guess, country Victoria. And that's what this race is about. It's about getting out and discovering Victoria and the country discoveries come up really strong. So the club and country racing Victoria and also racing Victoria couldn't have expected um, anything better. It's unreal. And the weather's nice down there? Beautiful. There was a really thick fog this morning, which generally means it's a uh, beautiful day and the sun's just come out and it's absolutely gorgeous. So about time the Sail Turf Club had a bit of luck with weather um, and they're going to have a beautiful day of 25 degrees tomorrow. So beautiful. perfect for racing and they're expecting a lot of walk-ups tomorrow. Well, for those listening through uh, La Trobe Valley 91.9 FM in southwest Gippsland, get a lacrosse to sail tomorrow for Good Friday Racing. But outside that, there's plenty on. Kerrang Cup, Stall Cup. Uh, there's Tambo Valley Picnic Cup. There's Belna- uh, Be- the uh, Kerrang Cup. There's so many of them. There is so many in the Warwick Bill Cup on Sunday too. So we have those country cups across the weekend, as you mentioned. Packing them uh, on Monday just to wrap up a bit of the Easter weekend. It's one of our busiest weekends in country Victoria across the whole calendar year. With all those communities that you mentioned, Ben's, um, I guess celebrating their local communities, but also the picnic season will wrap up this weekend, which has been a phenomenal season. And uh, Balnarring and Tambo Valley will do that in style with uh, thousands expected to go to both of those meetings. And uh, I'm just excited to be in sale and I wish I could get to everywhere this weekend because they're going to be cracking days. There will be and the weather's going to be fine which is fantastic. Just in regard to sale uh, and I know this race is going to move around regional but it's a good placement for the first one given that so many people will leave Melbourne tonight or today, drive safely and drive through sale and you're offering something for them to stay over and be a part of it tomorrow. Yeah, I think that's totally right. There's been lots of caravans and families on the road already coming up to sale. And, you know, the people that might be heading to Lake Centrance and beyond to places like Marimbula might stop over and, um, like you said, have an excuse to go to the races, support a great cause in the Good Friday Appeal and the Royal Children's Hospital, which the club is really getting behind in the local community. So expect thousands of dollars to be raised for that cause as well. And the weather just um, adds that little bit of betterness to it, I guess. It does. Now, I'm just looking at your Twitter page. I haven't seen a video from sale, so you better get in back into that bakery and do something for us. <laughs> well, you wouldn't believe it, Andrew. I might have been too busy eating because they've got <laughs> vanilla slice, hot oh, crust buns, oh. jam donut flavours, Nutella flavours, and they're selling tens of thousands of these at the Rosedale Bakery. So oh. if you're on the way to sale, make sure you stop at the Rosedale Bakery and grab yourself some hot crust buns because I- they might be sold out by midday. I know exactly where you've been, the Rosedale Bakery. Uh, The country racing is back. It's strong. It's going to be enormous this weekend. Check it all out and support your local community, country.racing.com. It's going to be so strong. Good on you, Maggie. You enjoy sale. We might even chat tomorrow morning on our special show. Yeah, no, sounds great. Thank you, Andrew, and uh, hope to see a lot of us there tomorrow at sale. Good on you. Maggie Payne for Country Racing Victoria. And there's just so much happening in regard to country racing around the state. Uh, As I say, what have we got? We've got Sale tomorrow. We've got Kerrang. We've got Warwick Nabil. We've got them all around the place, Victoria. Enjoy your Easter weekend. The Early Crow is next. Across SEN track, it's time to hear from the leading tipsters across chasing, basing and racing with the early crow. Ah, oh, heading into Easter, we need a bag full of winners and we've got it all covered for you this morning. All the thoroughbred fancies, the chasing and the pacing. Uh, we've got meetings that normally would be on a Friday like Albion Park pacing their racing 
today, so we'll help you along with that. We've got some Darwin race tips as well from Andrew O'Toole, so let's get cracking. And first up is going to be Wyong. Now, it's a heavy 10. Uh, they did have 17 mil of rain pretty much overnight. They went back about 90 minutes ago and uh, gave it another tick. Uh, the radar looks like there's sort of specks of rain, specks of showers that could go through, but nothing too significant. Nick Burney's done the form from Racing New South Wales. Welcome, Nick. Hello, Nick. No, clearly not there. Uh, if we can back up on the line, he's there on the system. We'll just see whether we can adjust it. Uh, just in regard to that rain, for those that may not have heard it, Randwick is a heavy nine uh, for the weekend. We're going to try again. Nick Burney, good morning. G'day, Andrew. How are you going? Good. I can hear you loud and clear. All right, let's get cracking, mate. We know what we've got. We've got a heavy 10, so we're looking for horses that can handle that sort of ground. Yes, definitely handle the ground. Recent runs and hard-fit horses. Bit of reshuffling this morning with the scratchings, but, yeah, hopefully we can just get through this meeting because, unfortunately, last week we only got halfway through, but... Yeah, it looks another another nice meeting for a Thursday provincial. I think the key is that the forecast is better today. Uh, that's the the encouraging thing. All right, where do we go, Nick? Well, hopefully we can open the day in race one, number six, Bastida. Uh, he's just been a revelation since getting out to the staying trip and excelling on the rain-affected ground. He did have every chance to win last start at Goulburn last start, but he won in style, and I was thought he's had lots of energy going through the line, and we can trust that form with two winners coming out of it. It's been a tacti- it'll be a tactical battle, but in the small field, but he can sprint off the slow and fast tempos, and he can, he can reproduce that last start figure. I think he'll be very hard to beat. Bastida there for John Sargent and Tim Clark. As you say, it's a small field offering $3.30 right now to win the race. Race one, number six. Where's your second one? Uh, in race seven, now I, just, I want to back uh, two runners here, number three, Cole Crusher and Chimes. They've just come up value on my prices, and I have them in front of the current favourite. Uh, I'll start with Chimes. He was well backed last start into a dollar ninety, but just um, had a slow recovery rate that day, so I'm happy to forgive her. And prior to that start, she uh, raced really well in a high rating race and sprinted strongly. I think she can cross um, them today with the early speed she has, and will give us sight. And Cold Crusher went out an impressive dominant winner last preparation. Has a strong first up record. Trialed well. But there is that query first up on a testing track, but that peak fitting come on heavy ground. All right, so Cole Crusher number three is currently at $4.20 and Chimes currently at $4.60. So you're happy to back those against the favourite here in uh, Saprina? Yes, I think uh, just personally on my prices, I have them shorter and I think if we average out the price, it's, it's two to have a bet and, yeah, quite yep. like them both. At a All bit of value. Right. Righto. So race one, number six, and the value bets in race seven, number three, Cold Crusher, and number 10, Chimes. Uh, so let's look at the quaddy for Wyong. Uh, the first league, we've got a shorty here, haven't we? Antonio Giovanni at $1.60. How wide do you want to go in race five? Just the two runners here, Andrew, number two, and actually number six. Uh, so Antonio Giovanni has tried well, and uh, he contested the group races last spring. And Sir Savaluka, I think, is actually a knockout chance on the heavy track. So I'll be adding it in as well. Um, we move to leg two, which is numbers two, five, seven, and 12. Sing a Love Song has the peak figure at this track and distance and goes on top. And Brillo ran a strong second fastest final 200 metres of the meeting last start. And that's the other main pick in that race. And leg three, numbers 10, three, five, and six. The points before about Cold Crusher and Chimes. 
which I will probably have them standing out in another short way. But I have added um, Suprina and Akasaki, who have that racing strong fitness. And then the last leg, uh, numbers four, three, and eight, in high baller goes on top, who's just racing really consistently and brings that heart and fitness edge. But PK's legacy looks the likely improver out of that race. Okay, so race five, it's two and six. Race six, two, five, seven, and 12. Race seven, 10, three, five, and six. And those numbers again, Nick, in the last three? Uh, four, three, and eight. Four, three, and good on you, mate. All right, well, uh, let's hope we get through it. The first race at one o'clock, and as I say, at least the radar is looking a hell of a lot better compared to this time last week. Uh, thanks for your time, mate. Enjoy Easter. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Andrew. Nick Burney joining us there. You can check out more for Wyong and also for Albury, where the other New South Wales meeting is today. Albury, uh, looking at that report, uh, it's a soft five with fine weather uh, for that program. Check out more at racingnsw.com.au. Uh, we're looking forward to Packenham as the lone Victorian meeting tonight. He loves going there. Peter Ellis, good morning. Hello, Andrew. How are you? I'm going well, mate. Um, how's the how's the confidence around this meeting? Yeah, it's been impacted a fair bit by that big sale tomorrow, so we've got smallish pretty short price favours, so I'm not over but, uh I made Carlisle in, uh, in the last one, and Johnny Maloney, he was very good first up, uh, <clears throat> hit the line hard there behind Two Bay Shaw, who's promising he was odds on in that race, so... And before a break, um, good winner at Werribee. So I'm happy to go with him in the last race eight, number six, Carlisle. And currently is $2.60 at bet 365. Damien Oliver takes the ride there. He teams up a lot with John with good success. So that's race eight, number six. Uh, the legs of the quaddy, Pete. So race five, uh, the toppy here, Visa Nari is number one at $2.10. Seeking Glory at three forty. And then Cyclone Sally's at five fifty, and Nana Jean at seven fifty. Yeah, very interesting run of his scenario. Of course, a really good form in England. Uh, was a winner at Newmarket, uh, and then run third in that Group Two July Stakes. That was back in two thousand nineteen, though. So it had, um, it's had. <coughs> so we'd, yeah, we'll just see how it goes. But I'm with um, Seeking Glory, lightly raced man. She's very impressive, winning first up at, at Geelong. Um, so I think she can go on from there. Bizanari, the one I mentioned, and Capella. Ex-Japanese Galloper did show ability in his first local prep. So I'm 2-1-5. and 2-1-5 and five in the first league. Uh, race number six. Uh, we've got final man number two is at 4.60. Ice, Ice Baby at 4.40. Uh, Comte number four is at 4.40. Titus number five, the favourite at 3.40. And Obi number six at $4. So it might be a small field, but there's not a lot between them here, Pete. You know, there's probably a link between the five of them, I think, Andrew. I'm with, I'm with Ivy, stable maid of Blood Oath. Was, uh, he's, she's, he's running tomorrow at, uh, at sale. This horse has had two wins in 23, but 10 minor placing. Trap wide there at Sandown. Wasn't a bad effort. Went fifth behind the informed Governor Landy. I've got Conti of the Danger. got City Form, the small field of suit, because he's a... Uh, He's a back marker and, and tidiest. Uh, showed really good ability early on. So lost his way, but was good first up when uh, heavily back there at Kitan. So um, six, four, and five. Uh, the third leg, uh, the Squire number three for Marin Eustace, two dollars seventy. Turf Flyer number five is at five dollars. Eight Lani Bang Bang at six. Uh, Pouvoir de Soir. It's probably got nowhere near it, have I? I think you're pretty right, actually. Am Andrew. I? <laughs> well, that'll, that'll do me. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, I've got no luck at, at Aussie, let alone going French. Uh, $4.40, and that about tells the tale. 
Yeah, I think the the race is more open than the market would suggest, but I'm with the favourite, the Squire. It was threes on chance on debut at Kilmore and one easy lead up there. So uh, it's obviously hitting in the right direction. Langy, bang, bang, um, had plenty of ability early on. Good first up in a strong race at Stony Creek. Had a seven-week uh, break between its next run and just found uh, found the class a bit strong at uh, at Sandown. And we'll go with Pauvoir de Soir. Um Swept home from last to win at Ballarat. That was first up. He's got a good record at Packenham. So its previous win was at uh, at Packenham. So it's certainly a chance in the race. I'm with three, eight, and ten. And the last tonight at Packenham, uh, we've got Stair down number one at seven fifty at the moment. Uh, two Captain Corelli is at three eighty. Uh, Semper Fortis number five at nine dollars. Carlisle, you you mentioned earlier, Firmalek two sixty on the tote or on uh, bet three six five. An American actress. See, it was good the other day at Kilmore. It's at eight dollars. Yeah, but, yeah, certainly, and it looks like the extra distance will suit. It got out to the fourteen, uh, fourteen fifty at Kilmore and won one well. I'm with Semper Fortis, the stable maiders today, just to get the run on the Alistair Clark out yeah, class and probably the trip to Park got beat forty lengths. Uh, winner at Mooney Valley, one it's made there prior to that. After a really good second at uh, at Packenham and when it powered home, so I've got it as a danger and uh, the stable mate. Uh, American actress, the one you mentioned. So I'm with six, mate, at the best to be five and seven okay. in the race eight. Righto. So running through it, race five, two, one, five, race six, six, four, five, race seven, three, eight, ten, and race eight at six, five and seven for Packenham. Now, Peter, I know you're going to join us around this time tomorrow. Uh, we're doing a special Good Friday program uh, that will be heard on 1116 SEN in Melbourne and the SEN radio app and SEN track mostly in Victoria but uh, I know it's a massive program at sales so I, I uh, look forward to chatting tomorrow for sure. It's probably well, it's certainly the best meeting sales ever had uh, and that's one of the best provincial meetings for depth that we, we've seen uh, in a long time so I know it's it's a, it's a great innovation I look forward to it uh, every good Friday from here on so, yep, yep. so we'll uh, We'll be venturing to sail, and the track's going to be in great condition. They have had a couple of hiccups recently with a lot of rain, but uh, no rain of of note in the last week, so it should be spot on and a terrific meeting. Will be. All right, uh, thanks for your time, Pete. We'll chat to you just after 10 o'clock tomorrow. Okay, Andrew, catch you then. Thanks, Pete. Peter Ellis, you can check out more at peterallisracing.com. We've got two meetings in Queensland to look at, Toowoomba and Townsville. Nick Lloyd is going to help us with both. Welcome, Nick. Yeah, good morning, Andrew. How are you? I'm going well here, mate. And uh, Toowoomba, let's focus in on that one first. It's fine weather and a soft five. And for those listening through 91.5 FM in the Darling Downs, go and enjoy the the good days racing. Yeah, that's right. Bit of a twilight meeting up there this afternoon. So the first kicks off at 4.02 p.m. So we'll be under lights by the time that the, uh, the last race comes around. So... Nice little double up throughout the afternoon for uh, the Queensland racing fans. All right. What have you found there is the best? Yeah, in race three, Andrew, one I've been pretty keen to follow um, since her last start, but she went to the paddock after a fourth placing at Doomben, and that is Price for the Corey and Kylie Gear and Stable. Uh, three-year-old filly by Sebring. She she won really impressively on debut uh, to Woomba. They, they put a fair bit of money on her that night. She was sixes into about fours and one by two dollars, uh, one by two lengths. Sorry, under Steph Lacey, and then went to Doomburn in a three-year-old filly's open handicap behind self-indulgent Frosty Mango and uh, that sort of field. And she got a fair way back, had to switch back to the inside. And uh, on that occasion, though, she was about one of the only horses to make ground along the rails that afternoon. So 
I was pretty keen to follow her. They put her in the paddock, but she's been back. She's won a trial at Toowoomba, and uh, now she goes first up in what looks a really winnable race after being scratched out of Durban yesterday. Price currently is $4.80 with bet 365. That's race three, number 11. That's the best at Toowoomba. Now, the earlier meeting is up at Townsville in northern Queensland. Fine and a soft five there. The rail's out a, a little bit, four and a half from the 1,000 to the winning post. What have you found there? Yeah, we'll make it easy and we'll go to race three there again. Uh horse called Neberaz, a five-year-old gelding with Stephen Massingham and Justin Stanley to ride in the famous Tom Headley silks, the yellow, uh, the orange with the yellow H. But um, look, struggles to win this guy. He's only won one from 14, but he um, he looks like he's knocking on the door this prep. He's had the three runs back for two seconds and a fourth. Um, I really like what he did late over the 1,000 at Townsville last time out behind raised to vibration. Um, got a fair way back out of his ground that day and, and really hit the line nicely to get within one and a half lengths. Um, does meet that horse, uh, it's half a kilo uh, worse off given uh, Justin Stanley's riding a kilo over today. But, um, you know, what we what we lose in weight, we go from Manu Potguider to Justin Stanley, who's one of the, the best riders up that way. So I'm pretty confident that, you know, a nice gate in barrier one, he can settle a little bit closer, hopefully turn the tables this afternoon. $4.20 right now uh, is the price uh, drawn inside to around Townsville. So Toowoomba this afternoon or into the evening, race three, number 11. And at Townsville this afternoon, it's race three, number seven. Nick, uh, enjoy your Easter. I hope you take a few days of backing a few winners and East- eating a few Easter eggs. Yeah, well, I'd be happy with either of those. So uh, hopefully, hopefully both across the weekend. Good on you, mate. You enjoy it. Uh, thanks for coming on this morning. No worries. You too, Andrew. Cheers. Nick Lloyd joining us there for Queensland. Top end of Australia. We've got today five races at Darwin. Andrew O'Toole from NT Racing has sent through his best there. Race one, number three, Bear Forever. $2.80 at the moment at Bet365. That's race one, number three. In race two, number five, I'm a Puppet. Currently at $5.50 in uh, this field of six so five fifty for I am a puppet race two number five and then go across to race four number five Poupay at a dollar eighty. So they're the three for Darwin Racing, uh, race one number three, race two number five, and race four number five from Northern Territory Racing's Andrew Oates. Let's take a break. Chasing and pacing next on SEN Track. Yes, we're on the early crow on a Thursday and looking at chasing and pacing. Let's look at uh, Greyhounds from New Zealand. As we know, it's a big night for harness racing with the $900,000 The Race at Cambridge. Well, they've got a Greyhound meeting that's less than 10 minutes away from beginning. Uh, Greyhound Racing NZ have got fancies, though, in the latter races. Race 11, number two, big time Seattle, currently at $7.50. Race 11, number two. Two and then in the last race, twelve number one big time Jimmy currently at three dollars. So they're the two at Cambridge, eleven two and twelve one. And our regular Thursday afternoon Addington Greyhounds they've got one for us in the tenth race, race ten number one no grizzles four dollars eighty right now at Bet three six five the world's favourite online betting company. Make sure you gamble responsibly. Uh, if you've got an issue, one eight hundred eight five eight eight. Five, eight. And we thank GRNZ for those fancies over there. Uh, let's look at uh, New South Wales Greyhound action. Simon Orchard, good morning. 
Good morning, Benz. How are you, mate? I'm going well. Pumped for the Easter weekend of uh, good greyhound racing around Australia. There's some good stuff about to happen. Oh, there sure is, Benz. Uh, I didn't even... I should know this as a young father, but I forgot it was Easter, and I booked myself in to go to a football game on Easter Sunday, which I've only just worked out. So, oh, boy, I'm in a bit of trouble. But anyway, you're right. There's plenty of good racing going on, Uh, none more so than today. Two finals of the Million Dollar Chase going off at Dubbo and Dapto this afternoon and tonight, respectively. But we've also got racing at Goulburn from 12.24. Casino has 12 races from 2.39, so a big, big day of chasing around the state. All right, so give us your best then for Goulburn. Uh, What have you found there? Yeah, what we'll do, Ben, is we'll give you two bests and a value tonight. We'll start at Goulburn. Best, uh, race five, number six, loads of promise. Last start winner over this course and distance, clocked a decent time of 20.03. And we love betting in these restricted races, Ben. It's a one-to-three win fifth-grade series heat. So for the uninitiated, all greyhounds have no more than three career wins. And this field isn't any tougher than the field loads of promise beat up last week at Goulburn. He's drawn box six, which isn't too bad at the Goulburn 350. It's a funny start, Ben. I was down there last week talking to some of the trainers and they said the rail actually creeps up inside runners in the field. They reckon it's almost better to be drawn out wide. So the six helps. There's also a runner in the following race, so that's race six, called Greville Creed. And loads of promise knocked it off a couple of starts ago. It'll go around at eighty in race six but our best comes up race five number six loads of promise it was just over two bucks this morning when i had a look yeah two dollars ten right now at bet three six five that's golden so where else do you want to go to those million dollar chase meetings i'll tell you what we'll do ben we'll go casino quickly uh casino best race eight number six sky stone look real talented young star who can be a bit touchy at box rise but once he clears the match gee whiz absolutely flies he's had 10 starts to seven wins and three minors so never missed the money and although he's having his first start over the 484-metre trip today, uh, trainer Andrew Monaghan's been slowly working him up in distance, so we think he'll be ready to go. There's a spare lid to his inside in box five, so that'll help if he does miss it slightly, but we think there's plenty of track for him to really wind up and win and win well. So that's race eight, number six, Sky Stone, our best at casino. Uh, before we get into the value bet at Dapto tonight, Dubbo does have a million-dollar chase final going off. It's race 10 today, but Miss Esme for Jack Smith is currently a $1.30 favourite. We think uh, she will win, but we just couldn't tip anyone into that, Ben. So $1.30 for Dubbo, million-dollar chase final this afternoon. If you want a bit of value, instead, we'll head to the million-dollar chase final at Dapto. That's race eight on the card. We're going to go with number two, Azaram. Now, look, as I mentioned, the final of the Million Dollar Chase at Dapdo, it's probably one of the better finals we've had at the series so far. There's a Group 1 winner in Ritz Donna who jumps from Box 4. There's a Group Placed Chaser in Sound of Silence who goes from Box 1. But we're going to take the value in the form of track specialist Azaram. Uh, he's drawn in Box 2. He's currently around the $5.50 quote. And those in the no-bends down here just think the race shape could suit him down to the ground. He's drawn perfectly. He's reliable out of the boxes. He'll get on the bunny. And he runs time around a track that is renowned for favouring leaders. And we'll just add these two little bits of info in as well, Ben, to help punters make up their minds. I spoke to Mark Cat last week, who trains Ritza Donna, and he said she just wasn't going as good as when she won the Dapto Megastar here late last year. She's the second favourite at 320 at the moment. And Frank Hurst admitted after the heats last week that Santa Silence wasn't even going to compete in the series until he was left without a 600-metre race. So he's just been thrown in. He was the fastest qualifier, but he's the $2 favourite. I know that Ruth King has Azaram Cherry right for this series. So race eight, number two, Azaram, a bit of value around 550 last check. Yeah, 550 at the moment. So that's race eight, 
uh, number two. So it, it all happens around Dubbo and Dapto. And uh, have you got a quaddy for Dapto tonight? Yeah, of course, Ben. We sure do. Leg one will go four, six, seven. Leg two, one, two, and eight. Leg three, we'll just put the one in, irrational one out. We think it's one of the better bets on the card. And then in race eight, the million-dollar chase regional final, we've gone one, two, and three. Hopefully one of those roughies, either Azaram or Flighty Fernando, who I think the double-figure odds can get up in the million-dollar chase. Last leg of the tee, plenty happening around the state. If you want any more info, Ben's jump on thedogs.com.au. Thanks, Simon. Uh, we'll chat again. Uh, Simon Orchard joining us there from thedogs.com.au. In Adelaide tonight, we've got Angle Park, 12 races there. Sean Matheson, the uh, racing manager for Greyhound Racing SA, likes race six, number six, Mally Magic, currently at $2.80. That's race six, number six. And then go to the next race seven, uh, number six, Don't Tell Bluey at a dollar ninety. So they're the two for Angle Park, six six and seven six. Uh, Watchdog, good morning. The Watchdog coming online to have a look at uh, his morning. Watchdog, morning Andrew. How are we? I'm going well. Uh, let's have a look at these programs, mate. You've got uh, the other piece of information I've got to pass on to our listeners. You texted ten past five this morning. Uh, Do you get the wet the bed or something? Yeah, we're up nice and early. Uh, yeah, my son, he's only uh, two years old, so he's still adjusting to the, the new uh, new clock with the daylight saving. So he's up always nice and early. And um, Yeah, so I've got plenty of time to do the oh, form. Geez, you were up <laughs> early. It beeped when I was waking up this morning. Uh, let's get to, to Warrigal. The best is in race four. Yeah, we're going to race four. Number two here, Raw Panic. Uh, so it's dropping in class today. His form doesn't read overly great, but it has been racing in better company. There's not a lot of speed drawn on her outside. She should go with the red early and burn it off through the turn. And I think the 290 at the moment looks a, a decent bet, just purely because of the class drop. Okay, so that's race four, number two, as the kickoff. Then you've got a multi, but it's a different sort of multi at Warrnambool. Yeah, we've got a two-legger here. The first one's a, a win, win bet. That's race four, number eight, Slick Lass. She was brilliant on debut with uh, Warnable and she makes a pretty steady lineup today. So if she times the start, she'll be off and gone through the bend. Bit skinny at $1. fifty, so we're going to multi her up into the place. She's raced five, number eight, Brew. Currently around the $4.40 mark. It's a top two finish, but this grand year's last three runs at, uh, have been at Warnable and Ballarat and he's turned into an absolute crackers. I think the seven, uh, six and seven will give him a nice card across. He's got really good mid-race burn and he uh, handles box eight. So I think at the 440, uh, he's probably just an even uh, a singles bet as well. But if you multi up, you get around $6.60, and I think they'll go all right. Okay, so there's a couple for us at Warrnambool. I'm warming towards Sandown. Have you got something else before Sandown? Yeah, I've got a quick double at uh, Bendigo. It's race four, number eight, dry lightning to win. Uh, it's got a huge motor, this dog. It's still learning what it's all about, but it looks drawn to feature. And then the second leg of the multi is race seven, number one at Bendigo. Let it rain. Uh, good record of Bendigo today, drawn to lead, should be too good for these. If you multi them up, you probably get around oh, close to the $3.20 mark. So that's a multi at Bendigo. And then Sandown tonight, uh, before we get to Easter, lots of people want to back winners, and we're going to go with three of them here. So Sandown, straight to race five. Yeah, race five, number five, set me free. Uh, really caught the eye last week in a semi-final of the launching pad. And this race here, there's not a lot of speed drawn in four or six. 
So she should get every chance to balance up. The three slingshot, slingshot, oh, that was a mouthful. Slingshot Jones, he should lead them up, but set me free, he's quite strong in the run home. And if she's close enough mid-race, she'll run straight past him. Uh, at the moment, you can get around $4.60, which I think is well over the odds. So that's race five, number five. Then Kelsey Bale, you like in race seven? Yeah, she's the best bet anywhere today. Race seven, number three, currently around the $3.90 mark. Hasn't had a lot of luck in the last two, but did go 29.45, three runs back. Really, really great turn of foot. Uh, the two the two began well last week, but he doesn't have real genuine speed. So I think if Kelsey can step on turf, she'll outmuster him. And as he moves off on the first turn, she'll be able to pinch a break mid-race. And they're going to have to go sub 29.30 to reel her in. And the last of them is indeed in the last, race 12. Yeah, race 12, number eight, Shimmer Pearl. Uh, caught the eye at uh, the Meadows last week. Didn't have a lot of luck when trying to work for the lead and I think uh, she'll make amends tonight. There's no speed in uh, the seven. The six will go hard left and give her that card across and uh, she's getting stronger all the time now so if she does every night at box rise she'll be in the mix through the first turn and I think she'll be too good for these and you get around $3.60 at the moment. A couple of those holding up really well at the current prices. So uh, Warrigal race four number two, a multi at Warrnambool, race four number eight the win and race five number eight the place. Bendigo a multi of four eight and seven one, and then the three at Sandown tonight. It's five five seven three and twelve eight. Now, Good Friday Greyhound Racing. We're going to be doing a lot of it tomorrow. Uh, a part of our special Good Friday program from nine o'clock Eastern time. Uh, you'll be able to get uh, lots of thoughts around the Greyhound Racing from the Watchdog. He's going to join us. Was it after ten thirty? Yeah, around ten thirty five. I'll be uh, jumping on having a chat and yes yeah, so I'll, I'll be up at nice and early in the morning to uh, do the form and make sure I've got plenty of winners available. All right we'll look forward uh, to chatting with you in 24 hours thanks a lot mate. No worries Andrew have a great day. Righto uh, that's the watchdog don't forget the lids fly tonight and we'll be covering the Cambridge the race the $900,000 race tonight right here on SEN track at five minutes to seven Eastern time. Uh, tonight we've got Hobart Greyhounds 10 races there Brennan Ryan from Taz Racing has got four of them. Race three, number seven, uh, Count Bingley, currently at $4.80. That's race three, number seven. Uh, then go to race four, number one, Twisted Reality at $1.95. Race four, number one. In race six, number six, Just Posh at $1.90. Race six, number six. And race eight, number two, uh, McInerney at $1.55. So three, seven, four, one, Six six and eight two. Uh, Hobart Greyhound fancies from Taz Racing's Brennan Ryan. You can get more by going to tazracing.com.au. Ah, gee, we're working through all of these meetings. Luke Gatehouse is joining us from Brisbane Greyhounds. Morning, Luke. Good morning, Andrew. I've had to hire a secretary to write down the watchdog's tips today. He's, yeah. he's gone on fire. No, he's uh, always on fire with the Victoria. Now, what about you at Ipswich tonight? Ten races there. What have you found for us that you haven't given Patton Heels earlier this morning? Well, I've given two to Patton Heels, and Heels has launched into the second one. So we'll start with the one you can still get a price about. Race three, number six, she's in clover. It's a 630-metre restricted win race. Probably only two chances, the, the one and the six. They've backed the one. Uh, very strong, but it's never run over this distance. So I always take them at face value. First go, it's a tough 600, like 30 in Ipswich, so I'll go with she's in clover. She's proven the distance and in form. Right on. Around 270. 270 right now. It's been backed in from three 
to the 270 uh, this morning. So that's race three, number six. And which one has Heels got on to? Okay, we've gone to race seven, dog five. He likes the Irish name. So Fergal Manelli uh, opened around the 230, 240 mark and into $2. Yeah, it's been on the move there. So they're the two for Ipswich Greyhounds, 10 races, race three, number six, and race seven, number five. Enjoy your Easter, Luke. Uh, have a safe one. And to you too, Andrew. Luke Gatehouse joining us there. Let's move. I'm just looking. We've done all the pace, uh, chasing we have. So let's move to pacing. Uh, we've got Geelong uh, uh, have a program, uh, and they're racing tonight. Dan Malecki is calling the action. You'll be able to see it on Trot's Vision. Race five, number five, where's Zeggy? Currently at $2.50 at Bet365. That's race five, number five. And then race six, number two, major, major at $2. So five, five, and six, two are the two there for Dan Malecki at Geelong. Albion Park race today, uh, an afternoon program. Scott Steele, good morning. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, listeners. So we've got 10 this afternoon. What have you found? Right, I will start off with race four, number 10, Captain Shuffles. Not blessed with a great barrier here, Andrew, but I think this horse is pretty smart. He's been racing at the Provincials at his last two at Marburg and has done plenty of work being wide around this tight track. So I think he'll enjoy the big track at Albion Park, the creek. So we'll start off with him. Race four, number 10, Captain Shuffles. Second pick at this stage, $3.60 at Bet365. Where's your next one? We'll, we'll roll him into race seven, number one, Eternal Gold. Um, from the New Zealand legendary trainer, Tim Butt, who's recently relocated, uh, relocated to Queensland. Um, this mare comes up with the, the ace draw, the one, has led us the last two. I can't see no reason why she can't lead and win again. And I think reasonable odds for its current form. Race seven, number one, Eternal Gold. Currently at $3.40, a joint favourite there with Mac Brilliance. Uh, so race four, number 10, and race seven, number one, they're the ones for you, Scott? Yeah, we'll just finish off with one more in case yep. the punters are looking to get out in race eight, number 10, Be My Rock. Trot back in great, Andrew. Um, we'll need a little bit of luck from the draw, but I think uh, it's going better than its opposition. So race eight, number 10, Be My Rock. $4.40 right now at Bet365. So 4.10, and 8.10 for Albion Park pacing this afternoon in Brisbane. Have a safe uh, Easter. You too, Andrew. We'll talk next week. We look forward to it. Scott Steele joining us there from Albion Park. In New South Wales, Harness Racing New South Wales, I form have looked at Tamworth. They race this afternoon. The best there is race five, number two, Christian Shannon, $2.20. That's race five, number two. And then go back to race two, number eight, Red Bank Olivia at $3. So it's five, two, and two, eight, the best for uh, Tamworth pacing this afternoon. And then tonight, we've got uh, the program at Penrith. Uh, We've got eight races there. Uh, they like race six, number three, Lilies, currently the shorty, $1.45. That's race six, number three. And then go back to race three for the other, race three, number eight, BK Swy at $3.40. So uh, that's uh, it. And don't forget tonight at five minutes to seven, Eastern Aussie time, the $900,000 The race, the new harness race in New Zealand, we'll be covering it right here on SEN track at that time, a part of 
the lids fly. It'll be harness racing for a few minutes and uh, it'll be race number seven. Mick Guren liked uh, a little bit of value. Number two, Alta Orlando, currently at $10 and two sixty the place at Bet365. Our horse, the Sports Entertainment Network horse that we purchased, is the favourite, self-assured, currently at $2.70. So a big coverage of the race tonight on SEN Track. Oh, we're covering plenty of ground on this uh, Thursday morning. Of course, the jump season is well and truly underway, but a big Easter Monday comes up at Pakenham. And uh, we're going to talk to a stable that have, well, they've got a horse that's been racing on the flat, that they are turning into a jumper, and Stephen Papen will take the ride on that horse on Monday. After this break, all about jumps racing. Yes, you are. And of course, a new era has arrived in uh, jumps racing. Uh, It's certainly the new jumps, the improved safety of those. You can check out more detail by going to australianjumps.com. Australianjumps.com. And on Monday, the continued build-up to uh, all the big action at Warrnambool and the rest of the jump season at Pakenham. And uh, the stable of Peter Galagotas have uh, a horse that's transitioning from flat to jumping. And Manny Galagotas joins us. Welcome, Manny. Andrew, good morning. How are you? Good, mate. A lot of energy being put into jumps racing, uh, good prize money levels and... Well, take us through this horse, mate, uh, in Blandford, lad. Is he is he a natural jumper from what you've seen at the the jump outs? Yeah, look, he he's he's taken to jumps racing quite well, um, and and on the back of what's occurring over the last sort of years in, in jumps racing, uh, you know, can I add that you know, um, you know, the stable and myself in, in particular, we're we're avid jumping supporters. We love jumps racing. It's a worldwide sport, um, and and it's great to see all the energy and prize money being allocated is terrific and um in relation to blanford lad he he look he we we as many trainers do we use uh jumping and the ball ring and and things like that through our training regime and these sort of horses sort of show you a little bit of talent when they're doing that sort of stuff um and uh overall you know he's he's a quite a clever quite a clever jumper and he's um yeah he we've been sort of really impressed with him in particular his two trials that he's had and also all the all the training that he does heading towards his jumps racing career. Manny, in regard to uh, the one official trial that we've seen at, at Cranbourne, it would have been good just to get Steve Papen aboard, wouldn't it? Yeah, look, you know, as we all know, Steve's Steve's a high-caliber jumps rider and um, we always sort of try and sort of, you know, get, get the best we can on our horses and, um, you know, we just sort of said to Steve, look, you know, we think he's got potential and, um, you know, it's up to you now, like get on him and, and give us some feedback and, and uh, you know, through the process uh, in his two jumps trolls in particular and all his schooling, uh, Steve, Steve's been really happy with him and, and, and naturally he'll improve as he as he races and gets under pressure. Um, you know, train, uh, trials and race day are completely different, but uh, at this point of time, we couldn't be happier with him and he looks to have a, a pretty bright future. He goes into a maiden hurdle over the two mile. It'll be race two there at Pakenham on Easter Monday. And I mean, the positivity in jumps racing, Manny, is you look at these and there's so many horses in these maiden jumps and they've got to do, you know, over time, the jumps industry has worked with Racing Victoria in, you know, not just putting a horse, any horse into jumps racing. They've got to be well educated to do it. Yeah, sure. And and I think this is, I think, Credit to everyone involved here because consultation and communication is critical. And I think that's what's actually really saved jumps racing in the sense that not so much saved it, but improved it and got it better. 
and we needed to get better. There's no doubt about it. But the stakeholders and and the AJRA and all you know, Racing Victoria and, and many many trainers, uh, credit to them because this is a world class sport. Really, uh, you know, watching Cheltenham recently, I couldn't believe the crowds, Andrew. They were yeah, unbelievable, yeah. And, and just the you know, horses love jumping. Uh, it's a fact, and we've just uh, you know we're in a really great position to build. We've lost Manny there in the uh, in the moment. Are you clicking over the car, Manny? No, he's lost us, Manny. He's there. You can hear him. We might just take him off air and just get him back online here. Manny Gallagotas from uh, his brother's stable, Peter Gallagotas, with Blandford Lad uh, debuting over the jumps here on uh, Monday at Pakenham in the Maiden over the two miles, the 3,200 metres. I think he might have bumped his phone or did something on the phone. We all do it, don't we? We all do it. We'll try and get him back and just have, finish off the chat. It is a strong meeting at Pakenham on um, Monday. The MJ Burke hurdle, we've got horses that we're used to seeing in jumps racing. Sorter Boy is lining up there uh, for Steve Papeman and Marin Eustace. Also out and dreaming for Andrew Noblet is another one that's coming through the ranks. And then we've also got a couple of special chase races, steeplechase races with ZM lining up in the last race of those six races on uh, on Monday. So Manny, you were just saying just how much effort has been put in to jumps racing. Oh, look, it's terrific. Look, as I said, it's terrific. And I've watched it over a long period of time. Like I said, um, when Pete and I first got started, we had a, had a horse called Lesbos Ruler who just got run down Melbourne Cup Day. And that was just one of the most exciting experiences when we used to have the Cup Day hurdle. It was just you know, many smaller trainers like we were back then always found it difficult to get to the big circuit. But uh, no, the same things happened. I things think, happened. I think. I think we'll just. I think we'll take it down, and uh, we thank Manny for joining us. So well, I think we've got the main point of that: that there are a lot of people in the racing game that, uh, if they've got a jumper or they think they've got a horse that can jump, they educate them, they bring them through, they do a lot of education, as I say, in preparing them to race. And that's where Blanford Ladd is right now. He goes into a maiden hurdle off a couple of trials and jump outs. And Steve Papeman's been very happy to ride them in those jump outs and stay aboard the horse on Monday. And, of course, you can check out more on the jump season that's underway and the improved safety of the jumps all around Australian Jumps. Dot com. That's the website, australianjumps.com. You wouldn't believe what happened with Manny Gallagotis. Uh, he was talking with us and everything was going to plan, as you heard. And then it dropped out once and we rang him back and then it, he came back again and he started talking and then the same thing happened and we, we've worked out what happened. Manny said, my wife drove past me and his phone clicked to her car. Fortunately, she didn't drop anything that she shouldn't and fortunately... Manny wasn't talking to someone that he shouldn't have been. So that's what happened. So apologies for uh, one of those things just happened. But we got there all about jumps racing on Monday at Pakenham. Uh, Ramwick, as it stands right now, it's a heavy nine. Penno for Saturday, 6.09. We're just going to hope that this forecast is right, that the weather will clear. Uh, James Cummings, we spoke to about 90 minutes ago, has uh, made the decision to scratch Roheran already out of the uh, race that it's in. So Roheran officially out of the hallmark, race six, number four. John O'Shea also saying to us, we're going to wait till Saturday morning, but there's horses that are vulnerable, like Fash uh, Chanel in the last and Kerwin's Lane that may also be a bit 
Dicey running on a heavy track first up. So a lot of trainers are going to decide Saturday morning what happens. And that gives us the push for winners. We'll be on air Saturday morning from 9 o'clock Eastern around Australia on SEN Track with all the news. But don't forget tomorrow, Good Friday Racing Greyhound Action Uh, thoroughbreds and pacing will be all over it. A special show on SEN track and 1116 SEN. You can jump on the SEN radio app. We'll be on air at 9 o'clock Eastern. We'll look at the day's racing, but also the Good Friday appeal. So I hope you can join us then. Uh, Don't eat too many Easter eggs. I've still got two. If only you could see me. I promise. I started with two and I've got two.